I don't care if you've been strangling stalkers all night. If you up, smash that like button. Welcome to Black and the Black Times Infinity. I'm your host, Cthulhu's Prodigy, coming to you live and direct from the stack. Smoke me out, fam, with that thing shit. On my left, blue. Let me, I got the one on our map because your breath stank. Oh. Like, on my far right, engineering on the one, two, choking people out on three sports. Chronos. Swole Abbey for president. Mm. 2020. Last but not least, we got your boy Stitch. Nah, Barry Swole Abbey in a shallow grave. Hey, Swole Abbey did nothing <laughs> wrong. <laughs> we back with him here. That Once we are. again. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Kronos, take us away. You got you usually have some stats for us to start it off. That I do. Um, obviously, we're missing Old Ninja. He's Old Ninjing something. I don't know exactly what, but he's out there somewhere. Um, what the the listener, listener of the week would be Afsha. Listen a whole bunch of times. Yeah, you can hear the music. Oh, you can hear it now? What, what's the music? Yeah. Oh, that's what's normally playing when we do this. I guess now you guys can hear it. That's weird. Oh, yeah. It's just louder. Oh, is okay, it louder? Now is, like, it, is it like way too loud? Yeah. Here, I'll turn it down a little bit. Uh, is that better? Yeah. No, cool. it's yeah. Coming right. guard, I was like, whoa, is there a reverb or something? That's weird, because it's usually like <laughs> in the podcast, and you guys didn't notice. Anyway, yeah. or, or you just couldn't hear it. That's probably what it is. You couldn't hear it. Yeah, we, we could never hear it before. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. it's weird, because like, when you're here in the studio, you guys can hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, for sure. There you go. So, some nostalgia for you. Um, and the first in the chat would be Mahai Blur. What's going on? What's up, fam? And we got some new right. people. Oh, Wiz Khalifa's back. Remember that dude, the Ooh. guy from Brazil. Damn, Very I haven't nice. seen that guy in forever. And uh, a new person, uh, the Heisen Turtle. Is that an Indian turtle? I, I think so. But maybe he sells uh, meth. He sells <laughs> green meth and not, and not blue meth. <laughs> Sounds like good people to me. Yeah, yes, yes, drug dealers are good people. Good job, Prodigy. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, Old old ninjas old ninjas not here, so I'm gonna take the reins on uh, a quick VIP uh, RIP, pouring out uh, some uh, some Mickey's and some uh, OE. Uh, one of the uh, one of the podcasts that I really enjoy is uh, Afro Nerd, um, which is a podcast out of New York, and I've been listening to to it for a long time. Um, this gentleman captain kirk on there who always literally every single fucking day tags me and a whole bunch of really cool articles and whatnot on twitter and we go back and forth uh he passed away on either sunday or monday of this week oh shit. and uh i just want to uh, send a special shout out to him and his family i think his uh, last name is kirk goodall if i'm not mistaken is his real name um but just a really special shout out to someone who loved comics uh loved nerdy stuff loved uh star trek and all the stuff that we talk about all the time and uh just uh, a real loss for the whole community. Yeah, my high blurred actually talked about it uh, in the chat. I didn't know who he was talking about. Uh, obviously, you do, so that, that's good. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. Oh, what, what happened? Yeah, that's also good too. I was like, Captain Kirk died. I was like, what the fuck? But I mean, yeah. No, that, not uh, that Captain Kirk. Yeah, yeah. That that sucks. Most yeah. most deaths suck. Not all of them. Uh huh. And then the other the other big one for Hollywood, uh, this Carl Rayner. Uh, who was an actor, comedian, director, screenwriter, all of that jazz, uh, 98 years old. Usually, uh, like Old Ninja, since he was alive during the 1940s and 50s, <laughs> he, he knows like the filmography a little bit better than me. But obviously, I had heard this guy's name quite a bit. 
And I'm trying to think of his biggest stuff. Maybe the Steve Allen show. I, I'm struggling. Um, well, we there, there's a lot of black and white stuff that I'm seeing on his Wikipedia. Dick Van Dyke show, I think. Yeah. Um, but he, he was he was in comedy for a long ass time. So you can tell when Old Ninja's not here, we're not usually prepared to do the uh, the RPs because he usually does that with no. obscure people. But that guy's not obscure because I, I know who, I know who he is. I just wasn't prepared to uh, talk about him tonight because yep. Old Ninja was gonna be here. But yeah, it's all it's all good. He's off on some adventure. All yeah, right. That, that was a big definitely uh, a big name. Was it um? That was the mayor. The mayor of San Francisco, Willie Brown. Like uh, apparently he passed away. But it was a mix-up. Really? Um, I guess it was like the Oscars or the Grammys or some one of those award shows. Had, they posted his picture, but they were supposed to be posting up like some famous like football player or something that actually passed away that went by the same name. Oh, okay. Yeah, there have been some uh, some famous football players there. But I think uh, Willie Brown is still alive, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he's still alive. Like they reached out to him and was like, hey, are you okay? But yeah, <laughs> they mixed him up with another Willie Brown. Good shit. Holy shit. Uh, where do you guys want to start? I mean, we could start with the real stuff, or we could uh, get into Swole Abbey. Hey, real quick, before we get into Swole Abbey, that's what I want to get We'll do one real quick thing, because somebody in the chat. Uh, Wiz Khalifa, not the real Wiz Khalifa. It's the Wiz Khalifa, who is a, a fan of ours, that is uh, that lives in Brazil. He's Brazilian. Uh, apparently, one of his uh, co-workers named uh, Leonardo got the coronavirus. So, if y'all pray... Pray for him. If you don't pray, just keep me your thoughts, positive thoughts, you know. It sucks. And I, I know that Brazil has been extremely hard hit by the coronavirus for almost the exact same goddamn reason that America's been hard hit by the coronavirus because yeah. we have inept leadership. And uh, and it sucks. So, yeah, we, we wish him a, a full and speedy recovery. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, holy fucking shit. Okay, let, let, let's dive on in. It seems like Kronos and Stitch have both, I'm looking at you guys, you guys have both finished Last of Us 2? I did not finish. Yes. I, I, I think oh. I'm, hold on, let me ask Stitch. I'm in Santa Barbara as Ellie. I'm pretty near the end, right? What, what are you doing in Santa Barbara? Uh, I'm infiltrating a, 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 the, the circle building, and I was like, it's fucking hard. Okay. Especially on hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, yeah. With, with the chained up, uh, yeah. uh, clickers? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. You're, you're pretty damn close. I figured I was close. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're pretty damn close. So we can't talk about the damn, end. That, that, oh, man, what was that? So we can't talk about the end, but we can talk about anything leading up. Well, actually, we're, Prodigy, where are you at? I finished. Oh, you finished? Okay, okay. So I'm just, I'm lagging behind. And uh, Blue, you haven't played it at all, or are you going to play it or what? You're still on mute, bro. Unmute yourself. Mute. Yeah, sorry, my dogs have been barking. It's all good. And not my feet. No, I was, actually, I was going to pick up the first one, because it's only $20 at Target. Okay. But, you know... I have to wait. You want me to? I, I can wait. give you a prodigies because I still have it. <laughs> you want me to drop it off to you? <laughs> he said I could give you mine. <laughs> I just give away your. I give away your shit. It's all good. You want me to drop it off? Yeah, you, yeah, you can drop it off in my mailbox and let me know when it's there. Sure, right, sure. You can put it like a little wheelbarrow. You can roll it to me yeah. in the driveway. <laughs> I, I can. I can do that tomorrow probably. So. All right. Cool. Okay. But yeah. Uh, Stitch, let me start that. with you. Let me start with you. 
Um, last week we, we kind of did spoiler free stuff. We don't have to spoil the absolute ending. Kronos is literally right there right now. But uh, can you give me like some impression, like some of the things you really enjoyed about this game or, or a couple things you hated? I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, nothing changed from uh, my comments on it from la last week. Or wait a minute, did the game come out that? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Sorry, it's a little bit sleep deprived with the, the baby today. But um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's great. <laughs> uh, I thoroughly loved, loved it. Um, one of the best comparisons I've heard was that it's more of like a book uh, than an actual movie. Because it's just like you get so many different points. Of, uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit of spoilers, but you get obviously points of views, uh, which yeah. I wasn't aware of at the time that we talked last time. Um, for those that don't know, there's a portion of the game where you play as Abby, the person that you're you're chasing down. Uh, more so than at the beginning when you're when you're kind of when I was confused when I played, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't. Ellie, this looks like another girl. She's got a long braid, and then you finally find out <laughs> no, how their stories yeah. the interweave. Long, the long braid is not the first thing you notice. The first thing you notice is her fucking guns. Holy shit, she's like, guns out all day. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Swall Abby don't fuck around. Yeah, it, it was fucking crazy. Well, yeah. But um, it was really interesting when you finally... At least I thought I was okay. I'm at the end. You've been, I've been playing for a while, and then all of a sudden, boom! It switches up now, and we're gonna go back and we're gonna relive the past couple days from what Abby's been doing. And I was like, I was like, oh shit! I was like, I thought I was, I was getting close to the end. I was like, all right, this is a pretty fucking legit game. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, why am I picking up like medicine and and screws and bolts and stuff like that? Why do I have a skill tree with Abby now? I was like, <laughs> yeah. I, be, I guess I'm going to be here for a while now. And uh, yeah, I'm essentially doing a bunch of missions and finding out what's going on from Abby's side of the story, which was really fascinating and, and fun to see. Um, what were your thoughts on, on that aspect of it, of switching up from going to, from Ellie to Abby, or both of you guys? Yes. Hey, Carlos, you, you can start. Go ahead. Sure. So at first for me, it was like, it was kind of abrupt. I was the same way. I was like, why am I Abby now? And then, like, once I understood, like, what they were doing, I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, fucking genius. Like, you're basically, you're playing as the protagonist and the antagonist in the same game. And, like, I think this is, like, this is what kind of pissed off some of the simps that played this game. Because they're used to, like, a, a, a more linear storyline and simple storytelling. Is that, I don't, I can't think of a villain that's been more well fleshed out and I've been more on the side for in a long time because at first I was like fuck this bitch I hope she fucking dies and then once they go through like her backstory I was like oh she makes a lot of sense like why she's doing what she's doing and why you know a certain person had to die in the game and then I was like I was invested in her story and then like the fact that they made two of these characters um that are similar sort of in age uh, Abby's a little older but the fact that they made them, like, so different in their... Even though they, they sort of play the same, but, like, their actual skill sets are, are vastly different. Because, like, when you're playing as as Ellie, like, you're rewarded for, like, being stealthy and stabbing people in the neck. But with Abby, like, you're more, like, guns out, fucking blazing. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how they're pushing you to play. You can tell just by the skill trees alone. Like, they, they, they 
they kind of push you into being more aggressive as Abby. And also the arsenal that, that you're introduced to with Abby is is vastly different from 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 Ellie, which I thought was was really cool. And yeah, just like seeing like the whole, you know, the intricacies with Abby and like her friend groups and like once you get like when you stop playing as Ellie at a certain point in the game, something really fucked up happens. And then once you start playing and you're like, oh my god, like that's Abby's friends and like really complicated relationship. And it's like then you feel like terrible with like what you did as Ellie. Like at least I did. Like once I figured out yeah. like who the fuck these people were yeah. to Ellie, I was or to, to Abby, I was like so, so like literally, you're playing as the villain on both sides. So you can, uh, to me, I can definitely see how, like, Ellie's the villain, but then so is Abby. Like at the same time, to each other, you know what I mean? They're both like justified villains, at least to me. So, what did you think, Prodigy? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I I'm with you guys 100. percent I, I really enjoyed this game. Let me just say that flat out uh, up front. Um. It actually it reminded me a lot of Nadine from The Lost Legacy and Uncharted 4 in terms of really strong physically uh, physically uh, for a woman in terms of Swole Abbey. And then even like Zarya from Overwatch or um, Cassandra from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, that I didn't have any problem with that because it felt like it made sense for her character. She's... I, this is a spoiler, but I'm going to put it out there. Hopefully everybody's, you know, listening to this has gotten past this point. But again, spoiler warning. Swole Abbey is the daughter of a doctor, the, the lead doctor that was in the hospital that from the first game that Joel shot up when he rescued Ellie. Yeah. You know? uh, and so that aspect of it like she was obviously a little girl when that happened and that haunts her and she's been training and eating horse meat and fucking <laughs> you know, doing push-ups ever fucking since <laughs> you know what i mean and so and then the other aspect of it was that when you see the wolves who she's with she's no obviously the firefighters are pretty much no pretty much no more but uh the wolves encampment in seattle is like a compound you know mm. what i mean where you have medicine you have supplies you have uh uh places for uh, kennels for dogs whole bunch of food yeah. being grown Fuck the fucking so dogs, it's though. not as if <laughs> yeah but it's not as if they are in bare bones uh survival mode and you know therefore everybody's emaciated and super weak and they you know they're not doing any push-ups and eating horse meat you mean no, they're, they're training you mean emaciated I, I i like that aspect of it and it, so it really. It made, no, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. Go yeah, I was just gonna say it, it made sense to me that Swole Abby was Swole, and I love the fact that Naughty Dog was able to take a character who we didn't know of, who you know nobody ever thought of of those doctors uh, having kids, and we hated right off the bat for what she did. To, to spoiler to Joel, and then slowly you start kind of rooting for her. Oh yeah, I, I, I haven't yeah. Done, I haven't felt that in a game in a very long time to do such a hard 180 on a fucking character, and it makes sense. And on the flip side, sorry, I know I'm going on, but on the flip side, for Ellie, there were times when I was just like, "Girl, what you fucking doing? Yeah. I, I loved you from the first game. You're fucking up, you know." <laughs> so we'll, we can get deeper into it, but I wanted to also ask you about you guys about some of the 
other characters like Dina and Jesse and Tommy even. Um, yeah, I felt bad for Tommy. Man. What, what about some of these side characters? Yeah, I mean, I think they did a really good job with the with the side characters. I love Dina. Um, I thought she was a really good character, especially like so. Every character in this game has like so many layers of complications. Like even with like, the, the relationship between Dina and and, and Ellie, and then there's also was it Jesse, the Asian dude? Yep. That yep. was like crazy complicated. And then with with Abby and Owen and uh, what's the girl's the pregnant girl? Mel. Oh, Mel. Yeah, I was like that was crazy complicated, you know. And then plus the fucking the the scars, the seraphites, like with Liv mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like there was stuff that I, I guess um, Stitch didn't even realize about one of the characters in the game that was like crazy significant. There's like there's a transgender character in the game that most people might not have even noticed. I noticed oh, right away because like what what yeah because when I first saw the character I was like that's a girl I thought it was a girl but then they kept calling him him and I was just like okay mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong it's 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 a dude and then later on it, it like the the whole um, there's a whole storyline of like the reason why these these two scars left was because that that person is transgender and they were not tolerating any kind of that shit with the with the seraphites or scars. Can I add one one quick thing to that? Um, I I did pick up on that, and me and Old Ninja had like a, a offline kind of conversation about it because I, I I saw that for what it was, um, but it felt to me, and I had to look some of this up even afterwards that Lev is the, uh, his Lev name. Or Lev, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it felt to me like they also said, in addition to that that change, um, he, he's being married off. Yes. To a yep. older scar. Yeah. And this is a, a teenager. Little, this is a young teenager. I don't like think it was a, a teenager. Year old. Yeah, I think it was like it was pre-pubescent. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you, that's you tell obviously me. gross as fuck. Yeah. And yeah. and remember, don't forget, because uh, some people feel like, oh, this this game uh, had things in it that the first one ha- uh, uh, didn't have. No bullshit. David in the first game, who Ellie fought, was going to basically make her his bride so yeah. to speak and that was the implication and of course ellie was 13 14 years old as well so this was a little you know touch on some of those same themes now i, I didn't quite get everything with the scars seraphims in terms of uh, their all of their motivations some of it seemed a little peculiar with the backstory and the follower and, and the mom and you know, thirteen-year-old changes identity, but it still it, it still worked. I was still terrified of that group, and every time I heard a whistle, I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh let me yeah. Get down. The first yeah. time I heard it, yeah, this, that... the crazy part is the first time I heard it. Uh, when like the first is like the first time you meet him, and I was like, "Somebody's whistling," but I can't fucking see him. Like, who the fuck? Who yeah. the fuck is this? So I'm like, I'm like literally like crawling around trying to like see where the fucking people are at. I'm trying to listen, and then all of a sudden I fucking take an arrow to the fucking shoulder. I'm like, "Fuck." <laughs> you know, and it's like this is a new yeah. Threat. yeah. That group was no fucking no fucking joke. The Stitch, what what do you think? Side characters? Do you have a favorite? Was it Dina, Jesse? Uh, I like Jesse. Um, I felt bad for him because I mean, I'm not a big. I wasn't a big fan of Dina. Um, she was Ooh. cool up to like a certain point, and then sometimes I can't talk about certain stuff that happens later on. Uh, she kind of rubbed me up really, really uh, in the wrong way. 
But up till the the end, she she was okay. I mean, she was coming in handy, uh, taking out people and stuff. So she was a, she was a nice wingman when we were going through entering Seattle, fucking up shit with me, with Ellie. Um, I was kind of confused on the whole relationship aspect because I was like, obviously, I knew that her and Ellie kissed, but now she's pregnant by Jesse's thing. I was like, oh, geez, this is fucking awkward. Um, Owen seemed like a big fuck boy. Like, Owen was just like, he, he just oh, seemed yeah. like this, like, frat boy that just got in way <laughs> too deep and wanted to be like, oh, well, we could all go to Santa Barbara and we'll make it all work and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And, and Abby's like, bitch, you got this chick pregnant. She's pregnant right here next to us. And then he's throwing back shots in the fucking, in the Abby spoiler or whatever on that. <laughs> or whatever, he's, he's going to pound town on Abby and stuff. And his, his girlfriend is, is like, he's trying to have this like three-way relationship. So I didn't really feel bad for Owen. Um, Mel kind of got caught in the crossfire a little bit. Yep. And that one I did, I did feel bad about that one. Um... Tommy got did dirty, and uh, yeah. that's why that's why I couldn't really. Oh, and then uh, Martin was it Martinez? Uh, I felt bad yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't ready for, for Martinez sure. to go. I was like, I was like, Martinez is cool. I was like, I like his voice acted and everything like that. And then we're we're chasing Tom. That's Tommy. We're chasing, correct? Yep, yep. As a, yeah, we're we're chasing Tommy, and then we're like, oh yeah, we'll go through this door, and then kapow! I was like, oh shit, no, my boy. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he was gone, so I, I felt really bad for him. But uh, Tommy's Tommy getting fucked up the way he did is what kept me more on Team Ellie than Abby, because I under I can understand Ooh. Abby's point of view and I can understand like why she's pissed and everything. And as soon as um, Joel, well, as soon as Joel get, get has his uh, meets his demise and everything, I immediately. In my head, I start hearing Tupac's hit him up. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, Everybody I was the same way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm about it. I was like, I was a little bit tired, but I was as soon as that thing happened, I was like, no, I'm up for gonna be gaming for a couple hours. We we killing everybody. <laughs> and, and then um, then when you as you as uh, Corona said, you do empathize for what Abby's going through and her aspect of things, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it is fucked up. I just couldn't completely sign on with Abby because her father still kind of took it upon himself to make a decision on sacrificing uh, Ellie for the pretty much without her consent. But it's also now Joel uh, did. But it's for humanity. I mean, come on, he had a good reason. What? You, you still gotta ask somebody? No, I mean, but, but, let, but let's 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 be real clear on this one though. We, because this has been discussed literally ever since 2013 when Joel made that decision. In this game, via flashbacks, we find out directly what Ellie wanted. And she said it in the first game that she wanted it. This can't all be for nothing. Ellie wanted that and had expressed that prior to. And Joel knew she wanted it. Yeah. It's complex, and I think that's, that's a huge discussion you have for a different day and everything. I will say that, uh, and just for the whole pushback on that, I'll be like, yo, if Storm had the cure for a coronavirus, y'all just gonna have to figure out a different way to solve this motherfucker. Yeah, right? yeah, for real, yeah. So it's it's justifiable. I, I sacrifice and stuff. Y'all just gonna have to keep wearing masks. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that's what most parents would do. Like, seriously. Like, yeah, I guess fuck all you. <laughs> you know? My kid's gonna live. Well, fuck all y'all. <laughs> We, to we all totally get it because of what Joel went through in the first game, in the first 20 minutes. We've all seen it seven years ago. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back a little bit. Dina was surprisingly one of my all-time favorite non-playable characters. This is a true ride-or-die Bia. Like, she literally was not there when Joel and Tommy and Ellie got, you know, snatched up and tacked and all that. And she was just like... Your friends are my friends. Let's roll, you yeah. know, and and then even when she is sees her baby girl getting attacked, nearly killed, who come to the rescue? Mama Dina. Falling out of goddamn skylights and shit. I was like, when she fell out of the fucking off the roof, I was like, oh my god, my yeah. heart hurt. I was like, yeah. <laughs> bro, please tell me she didn't Dina, die. <laughs> I I honestly feel every decision Dina made was pretty fucking loyal and pretty fucking badass. So, I, did you know that that... Up until the... Uh, her, oh, the man. Did you know about her Her face is actually a real person? Like, her whole, like, character... Oh, yeah, all, 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 or all of them are mocap, right? All of them. No, but, like, her... So, mocap is different. The, like, they actually took a model of a real person, and that's mm -hmm. the face. They didn't do it with all the characters. Thought, well, they didn't do... I, no, but I, I've, seen I, the one, I, I've seen the one for Abby. Because I was, I thought there might be an end credit scene, and they motion captured God, they motion captured like three, four different horses and shit. They yeah, got yeah, the horses on. like fucking in the credits and shit like that. All the guys, guys you're, like, you're misunderstanding what I'm like, saying. I believe they motion capped everybody. Yeah, but you're you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. Yeah, they mocap a lot of stuff, but they use like a lot of characters in video games. They're not based upon a real life person. Like when they do mocap, you can change the face of the mocap person, but the person of Dina. Is actually based upon a real person, and the funny thing is, is that she, they, um, they paid her to to use her likeness in the game, and and that was it. And so she didn't know she was she wasn't involved with like the actual making of the game. She didn't know mocap, anything like that. All they did was like basically just take her likeness and then put her into the game. So when the game got okay. announced and all that stuff, she was like, "Oh, I had no idea." But that's like literally her face. And so she's watching like this. She's watching herself. She does a reaction video to like the. Um, the first, like, video drop, like, the first trailer, and she's like, oh, there's, like, parts where, like, these are, like, faces that I don't make. And so it's, like, weird, like, watching her do, you know, faces that she doesn't make. So, yeah, there's mocap actors, but there's also, pe there's also some people in the game that are based upon real people. Okay. So there's a Dina, um, the actress who played Dina was Shannon Woodworth, and she was in, uh, Westworld. No, that, that's the voice yes. actress. Oh, the voice actress? Yeah, yeah the actual... Like the no, no, no. The, the real person is... I just looked her up today. It's Kasana something. Oh, yeah. Kasana Karandana? Yeah, yeah, that's her. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it says that they use her face for that, and she that, that she was a model for the character. Yeah, that's so all I want to I differentiate. Mean, I yeah. I'm, I'm, team, I'm team Dina. Like, D Dina, that, that was a hell of a fucking character. Even some of the stuff... That you see with her and Abby, like in the synagogue in, in Seattle. Yeah. All that shit worked. And then I finished the game with her. Pretty much every decision Dina made, I was like, oh, okay, I can I can see it. Like, Stitch is giving me side eye. Well, well, that's another reason why I'm not on Team Ellie. That's why I'm on Team Abby, is because, I mean, Ellie just left Dina. Like, she had her life set up, she let her go, you know? 
She tried to revenge. Dina left. She lost. Dina, Dina, let, her, okay. Dina let her know. Dina avenge said, me. Avenge me. <laughs> Dina said, we, we're, we're done with that life. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, Tommy. <laughs> she was like, eat this pussy. Oh, you got work to do. Don't eat this pussy. Raise this, raise this kid. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse Baby gone. Daddy died in vain. Jesse got a bullet to the face. Yeah. Died Jesse gone. All Jesse he got was his name card in a tree. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I, I need justice for, for him. Justice for Jesse. <laughs> but you know, the the other thing that people online, because um, this, this is, I mean, we got to be honest, this was a very polarizing game. There's been some people who have been uh, deeply upset and hating on it and whatnot. But um, a lot of people feel very passionately, rightly so, about Joel, who was the main character in the first game and whatnot, um, you know, being ex excluded as a playable character from this game. But you know what's so funny to me about that? <laughs> I didn't give a shit. Joel, Joel, Joel escorted obviously Ellie for a purpose across the country, and the important thing about Joel is, I actually enjoyed the flashbacks in this. Yeah. Those flashback moments with Joel and Ellie, even more than I enjoyed uh, a lot of moments in The Last of Us One, especially that airport or the uh, the museum yeah. with the astronaut shit. That's and then the uh, the other one where you fi they finally have a heart to heart and she's just like tell me the truth otherwise I'm never fucking talking to you again like th their their arguments and their makeup in all of those flashbacks was fucking brilliant writing and touching and I, again I like those even better than some of the uh, the uh, dialogue in the first one I thought they did a, an outstanding job with Joel and Ellie in this yeah I, I totally agree like I I, I told you guys in the chat this is easily the most uncomfortable game I've played in my entire fucking life. <laughs> like, both through, like, graphical graphic violence and then through just, like, dialogue and story. Like, there's parts where I just, like, I get to a certain scene, I'm like, alright, I guess I'm done playing for a while because, like, just, like, it's so heavy, like, the shit that you see going on in this game. And the fact that people... that it doesn't hit them in the same way is kind of weird to me, you know? I think they're just, like, looking for certain things in the game... And they're getting offended about all these other ancillary things that they don't even realize, like, why they're mad about it. But it's, like, their own, like... I think some of it, honestly, has to do with, um, like, sexism and also, like, homophobia and some other shit. They just, they just don't want to talk about it. And transphobia, that's another one. They just don't want to address those issues in themselves. But if you look at the story as a whole... The story is really well done. No matter if you're on the Abby or Ellie side, it doesn't really fucking matter. But the story as a whole is very well done. And when somebody tries to like explain to me like why it's bad, it's like, name me another story where you made the most horrendous villain in the first two hours of the game. And then later on in the game, like you understand the reasoning and you might actually go to their side. There's no other game that I've played that's like that. Not, nothing in media. I can't think of anything in media that has been like that. Where, like, literally, you're like, fuck this guy, and then, in the same experience, you're like, oh, I understand why they did it, and this is how the, the protagonist fucked them over so bad. Like, that, that's a, it's a feat to me, you know? Yeah. The, yeah I can't, the can't thing about... Any video games that do anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
it, th these are powerful, like real life themes. And the other big one that we haven't mentioned yet, and sorry, uh, sorry, Blue, I know you haven't played the game. I know we're going on and on. We'll get you in here. But, um, the thing that got struck me was revenge and then mercy, because there were two times, literally. Uh, That's why I'm on Team Abby. <laughs> yeah. Abby shows... Yeah, I'm sorry, I can say this, because now I know where you are. Yeah. Abby shows a lot of mercy and restraint after her violent, torturous murder of Joel. And that was a brave move by Neil Druckmann and Naughty Dog. And then there are times with Ellie where I'm just like, girl, what the fuck? You really didn't have to go that fucking hard on innocent people pregnant women you know you know what i mean like well hold on like the product if you think about it it actually makes sense it makes sense with ellie because that's what joel did joel went well, scorched course, earth yeah you're breaking absolutely up. Oh, are we, ellie, hold on. am i breaking up i can stay you. i think it's on stitches nah, I think it's breaking up. yeah well we're okay. breaking up to him i was just gonna say i was gonna say ellie becomes some of the worst parts about joel yes and joel is not just a smuggler joel is someone who literally committed basically terrorist acts in terms of ambushing and killing up innocent people sometimes. And he's talk, he talked about it quite a bit in the first game. Yeah. Um, oh, no, now you dropped off. shoot one of you, like... Did I drop off? I got you now. You're catching up. Okay. But the whole thing of uh, draw something on a map and torturing people, Joel was vicious as fuck. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Ellie, Ellie turned into a lot of that in, in some ways, but there's still some mercy with her. Well, I think that, that's what people forget about like the first game is that her role model in her formative years was a guy that did a lot of fucked up shit and his chickens came home to roost. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's hard to feel bad about what happened to him after you understand the background of Abby. Because she, one guy ruined her entire fucking life. She... He basically killed everybody that she knew, including her father. Yep. A, a whole organization, as far as she knew, when she was a kid. And it's like, how do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile the the brutal murder and torture from one guy? Like, what would you do? Like, I mean, if somebody killed yeah. my dad like that, you know, I'd be like, I'd be on the hunt too. But the fact that, you know, Abby at least had mercy twice for this same chick. Yes. That's why I'll be on Team Abby. You know, I'm I haven't ended the game. But I'm on Team Abby so far, and I'm pretty sure that what's gonna happen in the end, Abby's probably fucked up. But we'll see what happens. So. Yeah. Jeez. Get in What was your? Uh, I was gonna say one of the things that kind of was weird. The, one of the small things that I kind of didn't like was I didn't really care about the whole Isaac character. Um, mm. That kind of thing. They made him out to be like I was. I was curious to find out what I guess the whole backstory going on with Isaac because that their whole group was was sort of living under his thumb and like really kind of fearful of him and everything and i mean obviously they had um old ninja's boy playing doing the voice act yeah i can't think of jeffrey that. right jeffrey right yeah yeah and then i mean it just kind of was like a eh, when he when he does die and stuff like that and it wasn't really like a i don't think he dies boss battle with him i i don't think he dies i Oh, I, I assumed it, that he died no, or I mean, whatever. He got shot, but I don't think he dies. Um, this is one of the things that I was thinking as like as I was playing the game, is that they purposely didn't show, at least so far in the game where I'm at, 
they didn't show one leader at all, and it's the leader of the Seraphites, and they didn't show yep. Isaac actually die. They show him get shot, but they don't show him die. And so I think that these are going to be um, seeds for The Last of Us 3. Is It's going to mm. be a, a deeper story with the, the Seraphites and the wolves and now these fucking Rattlers. I, I, I'm not done with the Rattler story yet, so I don't, I don't know where that's going to end, but I doubt that everybody's going to fucking die from the, from the Rattlers because they seem like a pretty formidable force. Um, but I think this, this all leads up into a, an overarching story that can lead to the next game. And so if, if that does happen, then I'm, I'm fine with that, you know, because there's been people that got... I mean, shit, Ab, Abby and fucking Ellie got fucked up. They've been shot. They've been fucking stabbed. They've been seriously wound, wounded. And there's... One of the things I love about this game is the attention to detail. Like, after the Abby and Ellie fight... Uh, which I was crazy uncomfortable playing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I was just like, I don't want to do this, but I guess I'm doing it. This uncomfortable part of the of the, mm -hmm. of the game um, is that after the, the events happen, like weeks or months later, is that you see the scars from the damage that, that they did to each other, and it's like yeah. no other game does shit like that. You know what I mean? Like usually it's just yeah. like, oh, they just totally healed, but in this one, like you see, like oh, you know, they have cuts that are healed up on their foreheads, on their arms. You know, their fate, wherever, like the the damage is permanent. That, that's insane. Yeah, Dina still had the the scar. I noticed yeah, on, on her Dina, shoulder. She's got the 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 through and through on her on her shoulder. And it's on her face too. Like there's a scar on her face. Same yeah. thing with Tommy when she, when he got shot in the face. You know, or through yep. the head. Well, yeah. Even like Tommy's eye was fucked up. I was I was trying to look yeah. at that. Like because he got shot in the head. Yeah. That, that's why I was confused because I thought Tommy was dead. Like during that scene, I yeah. was like, "Fuck, Tommy's gone too." And then when he shows up at the house, I was like. I was like, oh, he's alive. I was like, I definitely thought he was he was toast because he got the arrow, and then I thought I saw him take a, a bullet, and then I was did, just, yeah. I mean, all chaos breaks loose in the theater. Well, I mean, you you can live from a, a headshot. It's rare, but well, yeah. you can. So. Yeah. But I mean, I, I just assumed what I saw on the fucking thing. I was like, oh, well, there goes Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Even uh, even uh, Lev, uh, you can see like obviously uh, the scars on his face and whatnot. And you could see from like cutting violently cutting his own hair or whatever. Yeah. Um. Th there's a whole bunch of remnants from that. And my but my favorite uh, detail of all, w when we saw the trailer, I don't know, two three years ago at one of those E3 showcases, you see uh, Ellie's tattoo, and you and nobody knew what the fuck was going on. And we were just like, oh, that looks like a pretty cool tattoo on her arm. And now she's you know a, a, a young woman. And then you play this game and you're just like, holy fucking shit. The tattoo covers up a chemical burn where she was trying to hide or, or whatever her, uh, her, her, her bite mark. Her no, bite so mark. It, it never was a chemical burn. They said it was a chemical burn because it was an actual bite mark. That's what yeah, they that said was the bite her, mark was. like, story. That was, just, yeah. yeah. So she was going Wait, to so, the bite mark? It, it was a bite mark, but when Dina was like, oh... It was just her cover story for it because obviously yeah. she didn't want everyone to know that she's immune to it and yeah. stuff like that. So she's like, oh, it was just a, a chemical burn from back in the day. And then she kind of got like a tattoo to help kind of sort of mask it or, and stuff. But that's right. That's right. Okay. But anyway, just the, the whole thing of the tattoo like floor. I was like, oh, I had no idea three, four years ago when you see that cool tattoo. And you're going to see a whole bunch of people like in the real world having that tattoo. Yeah. I promise you that. Well, what was even cooler is like when you go to like the... Um playing her as young, the younger version of her is like watching the progress of the tattoo and I think that, that's really cool yeah 
Because, like, when, when she's yeah. younger, like, the tattoo's not finished yet. It's, like, basically just, like, the outline. And then as, like, she gets older and older, like, the more the tattoo comes out. I think that's, uh, that's yeah, pretty dope. Good. Fucking fireworks. Yeah. You hear those, Blue? The fireworks? Yeah. There's, like, a bunch going off right now. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I guess I, I don't I don't know where they'll go with the, the next one if they if they do do a sequel. Uh, it's really weird though because after the first game, I think they put a nice bow on it, and I I would have been good without the sequel. I thought it was a perfect first one. I feel the same way after the sec the second one where I think another perfect story was told, and it's like if the, I won't be mad if there's not a sequel. I mean, not a third one, but I don't know where they'll go with the third one. It'll be interesting. It'll be kind of I'll, I have some investment in it because, like, I've been to, like, Catalina Island, so I was excited to, like, <laughs> see that that casino and stuff like that. I was like, oh, shit, they're, like, Avalon. I was like, I've been there. I was, I was all excited to go there and shit like that. But uh, I, I guess that's where uh, Abby and, and uh, Lev are going to be chilling out and, I guess, find that, that group of fireflies if they do Maybe. exist or if that was a I, – I don't know if they actually do exist or if that was just a setup from those rattlers. So that, that'll be interesting to see. But I, I will say this, um, Naughty Dog doesn't make bad games. And well, anybody given this like... Now, a, I mean, now they don't. They haven't, yeah, made, they haven't made bad games since uh, Uncharted. So No, hold on, no, no, no. Uncharted 1, for its time, was not a terrible game. It wasn't like a 2 out of 10 you, or You misunderstood what I said. They, haven't made a, they, have, they have not made a bad game since Uncharted. Uncharted, I mean, yeah. I'm including that as a good game. Yeah. They made games yeah, before right. that that were like, oh, they made Crash Bandicoot. I'm like, I was never a fan of Crash Bandicoot. So. Yeah. I, th- I think even for the, for its time, I don't think the, 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 this is going back a long time, but I don't yeah. think the Crashes were terrible games. But. Did you play them all? I, I played most of them. Yeah. Because they, they, they came out like on uh, like a PS3 PS like remake or something. Well, yeah. The, I, I remember played, playing I the first most one. Of those. Terrible. Well, they got another right. one coming out. We got the uh, they do, yeah. EA or E3 or whatever, whatever we just saw recently. But that, but that's not I like just, what you associate Naughty Dog with. You associate Naughty Dog with Uncharted and yeah, The Last of Us. Now you don't yeah. associate them with, you know. I I say they know they did um they did Crash Bandicoot. There's a few. I know they did Jack, they, Jack and Crash. They had, yeah, and those those were pretty good games too. You know what I mean? And, and remember, Crash Bandicoot used to be a, a big time Sony mascot for years and years. Yeah, but they were nowhere so, near. Oh, they did, they did Jack as well, but I think most of us remember. We'll mostly know them for Uncharted and going forward. And that, that, that's anyway, that, yeah. those are the masterpieces. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, they did Jack and Daxter too. So. Yeah, they, they 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 make good games. Uh, this 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 didn't uh, decrease their value at all. Obviously, the sales are great, but um, I had I had no idea this was going to be as polarizing for certain users or certain players or whatever. So obviously, like right when it launched, there was just some flat out bots and haters that we mentioned last week. But now some people have certainly finished it and whatnot. And it's fine to not like a game. You don't have to like a game just because there uh, a lot of other people like it. But I tell you what, um, from a technical and attention to detail standpoint, this this elevated the bar, at least in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, All right. I mean, this, uh, it, hold on. It, it elevates me. It elevated gaming, in general. Um, I to me, it's game of the year so far, easily for yeah, me. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a ten out of ten. So. 
I don't know. I'm done with the game. Like from like the first like two hours I played it, I was like, all right, this is this is my game of the year. Um, <laughs> so what, what are you what do your other guys give it for rating? What do the rest of you guys give it for a rating? I I right now I'm still processing. I just beat it the other night, but I I think I'm giving it like a nine four nine point four or something. This way high up there. I'm extremely impressed. I would still, I, I know I said this last week, but I would still love uh, at some point to see, especially some of these uh, great uh, single-player maps uh, converted. I love the multiplayer on, on the first one. I'd love to see some multiplayer, maybe in a PS5 uh, remastered or uh, expanded edition, but this is a great single-player game on its uh, on its surface. 9.4. Yeah. It mines it's in that... Uh... Nine five to ten range. I mean, any any other ten any tenths of a point that I'm taking off, I'm just nitpicking just because I'm trying to make sure it's not the the perfect game. But it's it's god class s class uh, thing. Also, I think they did a really good job of uh, showing Ellie's PTS um, when she went into the barn with the goats and everything. Oh yeah, that was really cool. Yep, I thought they did an amazing job of like. <laughs> I mean, because it was jarring. I was like. Why am I going in this bar? And I was like, something's going to happen. And then just boom. You're just like, oh, shit. And it totally, like, breaks her down. I thought that was a really well job of uh, showing the player, like, what that might be like for someone like, uh, or anyone to actually uh, experience something traumatic. You can just go from just a normal activity to just, holy shit, I, I got to just get down in a corner and stuff like that because I don't know what's going on around me. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, Great. I agree. All right. Uh, all right. We got to get you back in here, Blue. Sorry. Um, wh- what do you? Let's see. Do you want you want to talk about this this Warner Brothers Superman stuff, or you want to talk about the boys? Wh- where you want to go, Blue? You bear with us. I don't know about the Superman stuff. When I can't yeah, talk, the, boys, so <laughs> the boys drop. Our, season two is dropping September fourth. Yeah. Have they have they been a trailer for it yet? I mean, there's been a couple, and then one of them is like very violent. Oh, it's, shame. It's with like shame. basically black noir doing black noir shit. <laughs> mm. right now. But yeah, I'm excited because uh, the first boys was a different view on superheroes, where we get to see superheroes being humans and just running shit. But then we also get to learn like they're just spoiler if you haven't watched it that they're all fucking man-made superheroes basically. But um. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited for season two, and I'm I'm happy it comes out soon. Um, I know that um, Chronos gets special access to Amazon stuff. Do you have you have you got received anything yet on this? Uh, not yet. So usually when I get special like the early access stuff, it'll become it usually like within a month of the release, and they'll they'll drop them all to me. Um, but I need to like I need to I, I'm worried though because I want I want to message them like listen I need to put it on like a certain email address so like everybody can get it. But I also don't want to get the, get the access taken away. <laughs> Just to get yeah, them yeah, like, yeah. it's only for one person. Um, but at this point, it's like, I, I want the rest of you guys, especially now because we can't meet up, you know, like watch it together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I want everybody to be able to like, to, to watch these. Because it's like, basically everything with Amazon's been really cool with, with the podcast. On like, giving us access to like, you know, stuff, early access to stuff, way before it comes out. Um... And I want to keep that relationship going. So I'll ask the PR person and see if it's cool. Because it's only like five of us. It's not that many. And like obviously other outlets get way more than five. 
people. So um, we'll 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 see. Maybe I'll I'll just push it and see what we can do. Because I I definitely want all of us to talk to at least have access to like all of them before it comes out, and then because there's an there's an embargo date. So I want to be able yeah. to talk, at least give general observations about it before it drops. And then, because I think this one, they're not dropping it uh, all at once. They're dropping like, the first three yeah. at once. And yeah. then after that, it's weekly. So I want to be able to like have the upper hand to like us to talk about it, like do like separate podcasts and like talk about the yep. boys and like just Did pre-record it and season? then drop it. Say again? Did they do that last season where they dropped like one or two and then everything was week to week? No, no. They dropped it all at once. The, yeah, you should no, do the whole thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny is that sometimes when you get like some of the screener stuff, like they don't have a. <laughs> like not all of the special effects are in. It, I don't think it was with Amazon. Yeah. It was like a certain. There was some other company that I got early access to. Oh, no, it was something that it wasn't even podcast related. But I got to watch like an, uh, early, an early thing for like The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Like, yeah, like probably like six months or a year before it came out and it like literally there were scenes to where like the CGI wasn't even done and it was like yeah but no but you can tell the movie was still I still enjoyed the movie but like they, they tell you before before you even watch it's like hey you know this movie's not done but you know here you go <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I'm definitely down for uh, Boys 2 though if you get some early access to that I'd be more than willing to see some of those episodes because that season one floored me. I well, couldn't get enough of that shit. You'll get everything, right. like every basically everything that Amazon has. You get early access to. So like, uh, what was that one with the Tom Clancy book? Oh, uh, oh uh, the Jack Ryan. Yeah, you get Jack Ryan. Uh, Reacher. Car- yeah, no, what well, is, Re- is Jack Reacher? No, that's not a. That's not on them. No, that's with no. Uh, Tom Cruise. That's Tom right? Cruise, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah but like Carnival Row, it's another good one. Um, Have you ever guys watched um, Upload on, on Amazon? I, I, got that, I got that early too. I didn't watch it. <laughs> it's like a bunch it, of them. That... It's really good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's worth checking out. Like, I watched the entire season, and the main female in there is a red bone, I think. I'm not sure where she is. She looks very She's human with a lot of things. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, what's, oh, I, I, okay, Stitch, I think you're going to have to set this one up. What's this, what's the, Mia, Mia Khalifa is warning women not to do, uh, get involved in anything having to do with porn, right? Uh, no, okay. That's, that's sort of a misleading uh, intro to it and everything. Based on, okay. based on, um, what I, I sort of read in the comments that I took from it. Um, we all know who Mia Khalifa is, uh, at least us here on the podcast do. Um, she's a very, uh, really popular adult actress. Um, she's pretty hot. I think her acting isn't all that great in her videos and stuff like that. So well, I, think she's I mean, a she's an adult <laughs> actress. I mean, come on. <laughs> how, I mean, when it comes to adult actress, but, um, like, how, how do they do sexually, not her acting? <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think her performance uh, could be a little bit better and everything, okay. but uh, yeah, she is it's sort of like a Kim Kardashian kind of thing or whatever. Oh, yeah. It wasn't. I expected more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but essentially, she's kind of told that uh, that she's gone through a lot of like stress and uh, trauma through her her post uh, porn career life and everything and she wanted to i guess warn 
women that, hey, think about it before you get into the actual field and everything. She, uh, her, the way she put it was for her, for example, she did it for, I guess, three months um, when she was, I guess, 21 years old. I'm not sure actually how old she is right now. I'd have to look that up. What's that? She said she was 21. I read the article. What? I, what? What? I don't know how old she is now. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I don't, yeah. But she, essentially, uh, from what she said, I guess she got maybe like around 15 grand from it uh, for, for the scenes and the movies that she did. Um, and essentially, she said she didn't have a problem with like how like Pornhub works and, and all that stuff. Her main issue from what I read was, I guess, with Bang Bros, where uh, essentially they've, they just sort of put her as like their, put them, her as like their banner and stuff to try to promote traffic to the site and everything like that and et cetera, et cetera. And she is sort of kind of like a stuck position where it's like, okay, yeah, I worked and I did this stuff for three months, but after that, it's been extremely hard for me to actually like go on and, and find like other fields of work because people don't treat me as a uh, reputable like person and everything. Now she's had like podcasts and been on like other shows with like, I mean, with basketball players like Gilbert Arenas she had a podcast and she does really well for for herself I mean her net value I think when I looked it up was like around like two million two four million dollars so she has been successful and without a doubt she has made her name through her past pornography career but she has said she's pretty much giving a cautionary tale being like hey it's not all no black glim uh, what's it called Glitter and glam and stuff like that. So he, he was warning people, hey, be careful. I was 21 years old. Yeah, 15 grand sounded nice at the time, and I did that. But there are long-lasting effects for being involved in a porn career, no matter how short it is. Yeah, this is I don't have any problem. Go ahead, go ahead. I don't have any problem with her, uh, with her, I guess, stating that. Um, but at the same time... I, I feel really uncomfortable with this aspect of she signed a contract and was 21 and got what sounds to me like a, a rookie deal, kind of par for the course for a, a rookie performer in adult porn. I don't know the business inside and out, but it sounds like a rookie deal. Um, it, it maybe, maybe there are some people who are able to better negotiate and get better deals, but that's how she became famous and there's always been a rule in terms of porn actresses in general since the 70s or whatever usually not having any other mainstream career or having a difficult time with mainstream careers after porn that's been kind of a rule of thumb yeah i i agree this the problem that i have like honestly this is something that we should probably have ella darling on to talk about because um, we've done a, a couple of podcasts with her. Um, she's in the porn industry, or, or at least was. She's still associated with the porn industry, as far as I know. Yeah, she still is. Um, she's a really cool chick, super honest. Um, but I think if you're getting into porn, you should you should understand that, hey, you're probably not going to get normal-type gigs after this. And I thought that that was kind of widely known, you know, after you did it, you know, because it's like, yeah, this is kind of going beyond, like, should it should it be like that? No, you know, but I guess it depends on what you're going to do for a living. You know what I mean? 
Like, well, I remember Ella. I remember Ella Darling talking about. I'm not sure if she did on our podcast or the Earth Girls Are Easy, where she talked about like her whole. Or it might have been when she was when she did her thing at um, at SBVR. But I remember her mentioning how like you know her main goal is to try to help girls that get into the industry to let them know like how things are and make sure yeah. like they're not getting screwed over when they do sign contracts. And make sure they are getting the amount of money that they need. So I think it's probably something that happens in the industry where. Girls come in young, they're naive, they don't know what's really going on, and, and like some of these corporate guys just kind of take advantage of them. It's like, oh, we're going to give you all this money. It's, I was going to say, it's almost like when you when you when when the military comes and try to draft you, and they give you all this, they show you all this money that you get once you're done. So, they, but, they, um, hold on, they don't draft you, just, just I just want to be not draft, very clear. Like, yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, they're they're yeah. they have to show you all this money and these fast cars and stuff, but no, but I remember Ella talking about that, like how a lot of these guys will take, they'll, They'll take advantage of these young girls who are naive to the game and like they end up working for for chump change basically like they'll shoot like 50 videos in one month and only make like a little bit more than minimum wage or some shit so i mean i can see where yeah. she's coming from but you know it, it didn't make her a household name to be honest can i can, can i say something real quick there are there are several and, and old ninja is really good in terms of like knowing the names and whatnot but <laughs> there are some there's there are some uh, former actresses that had similar arrangements when they were super young and then got better contracts and then were directors, producers, um, I mean, like even writers, whatever, all that other uh, uh, those other jobs in the industry, even actual owners of studios. And I think that if she had stayed in the industry, one way or another, with more savvy, with better negotiation, there's a possibility she could have gone uh, that route and and had a, a, a lucrative career on the other side of the camera. Yeah, well, the I mean, one I, thing that the right. one thing that she had going for her was that she was I can't remember what nationality she was, but that was her 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 angle that she went by, and like a lot of people were kind of going with that, and then like you know then we started seeing more like Indian descent people performing. In adult entertainment, so she kind of like slightly opened the doors to that genre, but you know, I'm pretty sure she would have kept at it. She probably would have been doing stuff like you just said, Prodigy. Yeah, well, that's one, of, that's one of the things I want to bring up Ella for because I mean, she was she was an actual porn actress. She was a force, the first VR cam girl, but then she also transitioned outside of that, and now she does TED Talks. She does, you know, she was on SVR panel, well, not even a panel, it was just her. That's how we first met her. She did a, uh, a talk on, you know, porn and VR, and you know, she. I, I don't think she doesn't. I don't think she does porn anymore, which is weird. Cause I, you know, I talked about it kind of all the time. It's like I met her as like not a porn actress, so I, I don't look up her porn because like then it'd be to me it'd be like weird because it's like I know you as like not a porn actress. I know you as like, I mean, she's still a normal person, but it's just like I don't know. Maybe it sounds weird. Fantasy. What's up? It it, it kind of destroys the the image or maybe the fantasy. Yeah. Is that well, what you're saying? Well, it doesn't really destroy. It. I mean, I know she was in porn. You know what I mean? But it's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's like a. a I don't want to say it's a stigma because it's not a stigma to me. Because obviously, I think she's a really cool person. Um, I don't even know how to put it correctly. But anyway, what? Uh, I. I think that what Blue said is is correct. If she wanted to, she she probably still had opportunities within that same realm, but you can still take a step back and like not do porn anymore and still 
be successful as other people have done. You know, other people have done other stuff associated with the porn industry and just stepped away. But I think she wants to do something different. But it's like, it's one of those things where unfortunately in American society, once you do something like that, and I, I agree that it's changed, but once you do something like that, people will think of you differently. And I, honestly, what I just said doesn't help. Like what I said, you know, hey, you know, I met Ella Darling as like a normal person and she's, she's a normal person, all right? She's really fucking cool. But I didn't want to look up her porn because I knew her as just Ella Darling, you know? Actually, I know her real name, but it, you know, here nor there. But yeah, it just, it needs to, I think once society um, kind of progresses a bit, including myself, to see, seeing them as just like normal people, that that's just like their work, then yeah, it'd be better. But I, Amer America's there, or the world really is not really there yet. But it needs to change because he deserves to have yeah. to get to get a job outside the porn industry and not you know having a boss look up her old porn videos and be like, oh, I saw you naked, you can't get this fucking job. Because that's fucking bullshit. You know what what you did when you were 20, 21 years old. You know, should not have a bearing on... Unless it was, like, something that was illegal, which what she did was not. You know, and even then, the illegality of things, it depends on what the fuck you did. You know, so she should be able to do what she wants to do now. And so, from that aspect, I totally understand what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think two important things that she mentioned was... Uh, one is that you brought up with Ella Darling. Yeah, we... You don't have that stigma attached to her, which I think is really... Uh, advanced compared to the, the vast society in general. I mean, it doesn't really matter what she tweets out. She could be talking about something. I, I know she's a really huge sports fan. I do follow her. Yeah. She's really knowledgeable on sports and stuff. And uh, anytime she tweets something, even about like the Washington Capitals, her mentions just get flooded with just pictures of her sucking dick and stuff yeah, like that in like, the comment section just because people are just shitty trolls and stuff like that. And um, yes, there are people that do uh, advance from that that um, career path and everything. And obviously, like, people like Jenna Jameson went on to, like, production yeah. and... To fucking Tito Ortiz. And stuff like that. To fucking Tito Ortiz. But, I'm just saying. I don't like Tito Ortiz. But, but, uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is difficult to... If you're just, like... Try, when, I mean, we've all made dumb decisions when we're 21. And yep. I'm, I'm sure I would have probably bang someone on camera for 15 grand when I was 21 years old and just been like YOLO and, and did it at the time and then not really care or have the enough uh, like clarity to understand what kind of ramifications that could have in my future. I mean, we I don't remember if we talked about it on the on the podcast or if it was in like a, our group discussion where there was that uh, mechanic or something who was just like a oh, mechanic yeah, yeah. Just, just servicing cars and someone found her like OnlyFans or something like that and then just completely derailed her yeah. entire career on on that. I mean, just she's fixing cars. So, that, I mean, it is a, a shitty stigma that does get attached to. And, I mean, it's easy for us to say, obviously, as, as 40-year-olds, um, yeah, you should have known better or, or realized that. But it is – it's unfortunate. And I think her giving a, a, a sort of a heads-up to young females that are maybe interested and be like, oh yeah, I can make a quick buck uh, stripping or, or, or doing that and, and just get my money for college and then move on and then I'll, I'll go do on something 
something different in life, it's not as easy as the plan sounds because people will can, always have that digital evidence to try to bring it out all the time. Yeah. Can, can, I, can I just piggyback and just say one quick thing? I think you, you guys are making really great points. The thing that I want the audience to kind of be aware of, Sylvester Stallone did porn before Rocky. Yeah. And like people, people forget about that. And he obviously given this incredible platform and career. I think Rocky won an Oscar. He's, he's done obviously the, the cliffhanger movies. He's one of the most famous celebrities of all time. And he, he, he was putting his dick in pussy on screen Different for women. It's different for women. That's exactly right. Women also get paid a lot more. That's what I'm going to say. There seems to be a bit of a double standard there that I'm acknowledging. And I'm saying that, you know, the the classic example of Sylvester Stallone, which nobody right now associates, obviously he's an old man, but nobody associates him with, you know, being a young 20 something in the 70s uh, and and being on, on screen fucking. And you can look it up if you want to. But. That's that that was something he did. Same decision. It shouldn't have those repercussions down the road if you're good enough and talented enough and all that other stuff. So I, I wish her the best. You know what I mean? I really do. You are gonna have some shitty trolls because she was so famous though. That's the part I want to make sure that we're clear on. Sylvester Stallone doing porn back in the day was not a porn super, superstar of the male, you know, on the male side. Mia Khalifa was a superstar phenomenon, LeBron, Jordan of like infamy when it comes to porn. Like she blew up like no, like nothing we had seen in a long, long time. Well, so I'm, I'm curious, what does she want to do now? Because I, I didn't research the story, but what is what does Mia Khalifa want to do now? And is that even what she's still calling herself at this point in time? Well, well, I, mean, I, I, I don't know if that's her real name. I mean, I don't know. I doubt it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I know she's she's hosted several podcasts that are like sports centered, uh, like podcasts with like NBA uh, players and 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 things of that nature. So I know she does that, and was doing stuff with like Barstool Sports for a little bit. And um, I see the problem. So yeah. the the problem is prob- yeah. likely that she wants to be taken wants wants to be taken seriously as like a human being, and she has a right to be taken seriously as a human being. You know, so I mean, like if, if she's doing all the research and like. You know, doing what you would normally, I guess, expect for somebody in a certain field that she has the same qualifications as somebody else in the same field, but she just happens to do porn and she's getting shit on, then yeah, that's pretty fucked up. You know, I mean, she's. It looks like uh, Bankroll sent not, her a cease and desist letter on her claims and accusations she's been making about them. About it, just, it just got posted like 30 minutes ago, though. Who? Bang Bros. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, this is the problem. Like, she's not going to win that fight because she, she signed an indie, like, probably, like, some sort of contract. And so she, yeah. you you lost your likeness for, you know, X number of years. Just like if somebody, like, if you're in the, uh, the patent field and you uh, made a patent for a company, like, you the company pays you and part of, like, your work is full, you do a patent for their work, they give you the resources for that patent. So you're never gonna get yep. all the money you can give. Like, there's no getting around that. So she's never gonna win that fucking battle, ever. No. Yeah, well, yeah. So she's not. From my understanding, she's not trying to get her shit removed from the internet or anything like that. I think that when That's people are asking her, well, well, she is not. Well, she 
African Americans today and like understand like the, the problems that are still ongoing. So like, they do a really good job on like laying that out. Um, or she does. I forget the woman's name. Michelle Alexander. Thank you. What was the book again? Uh, the New Jim Crow. It's probably one of the best books I've read in a long time. Um, and then right after that, I start. I, I read or listened to White Fragility. And holy shit. So I was very apprehensive to read this book. Because obviously, mm -hmm. like the name of it, I was just like, eh, I mean, really, we're going here? And then I started listening to it, and I was like, oh, like you're going here. <laughs> All right, so White Fragility is also one of the best books I ever read. Um, nice. Like, seriously. So, The New Jim Crow talks about how basically America has continued to fuck over, you know, people of color here in America. Mainly, you know, Afro or African Americans. Um, and it's a very convincing, it's not even convincing, it's, it's facts. The book is full of facts mm -hmm. that you really can't argue. And anybody that tries to argue the fact that you can't argue the facts in the book. Like we've been fucked over for a long time. There's a lot of shit that I saw in myself that I, I dismissed, um, before. And that's how I'm like kind of changing my opinion on these things. And I've always said before that I, I reserve the right to change my opinion. Yep. White Fragility has done something very similar. Um, so when I listened to The New Jim Crow, I was like, all right, so yeah, like this whole like white privilege thing, like, okay, you convinced me that it exists. And then White Fragility shows me exactly how it exists on from the, from the factual opinions from a white person that teaches mm -hmm. diversity trainings to, pe to people, like white people, people of color, everybody. Like, this is a woman, yep. I, forget her, I forget her name, I don't, I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, but she literally breaks, she's a diversity trainer, and she breaks down exactly how white culture is so fucking fragile here in America, and, and how it's fragile, and why it's fragile. And she brings up, she, she fucking... Robin, Robin D'Angelo. Yes, Robin D'Angelo, god damn, you changed my life. Like, seriously. Like, when she broke down scenarios, because she goes... She 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 goes through all these things where, like, she's breaking down when she's trying to explain racism to white people, how they take... And she's white. How they take it the wrong way and why they do it. And she breaks down, like, actual, like, how um, white supremacy is continuing here in America through various means, through complacency through um people just saying stupid ass phrases like i don't see color um and other other various means is that the white culture when i say white culture i'm not saying all of you okay i'm just saying the white culture in general because i actually don't like using the term white or black anymore because people are not white or black you're either pale or you know you're brown skin like nobody on this planet that i've seen is black like their skin is not black you know, you're, you're brown or darker brown. And if you're white, unless you're a fucking albino, you're not actually white. <laughs> Alright? But the white culture thing is a real thing. And it's a, it's a self-perpetuating protective structure that we have here in America that I think most people don't understand how the fuck it works. And this, this book really breaks it down really well. And there's like shit, like I'm listening to the book, I'm like, I have heard these things being said to me by European Americans 
And when I give some pushback, like, their responses are exactly what mm-hmm. she says. Like, I've had one of my best friends, I guess former best friends, because I haven't talked to him in a, in a long time, but... I'm out. You know what I'm talking about. I know. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. And the, the reason why, I felt, why we fell apart, I still don't even understand. And it's actually not even... The reason why we fell apart, I don't think it has anything to do with racism, but I'll give you a particular back and forth on what happened um, between me and him. And we were still friends after this, okay? And this is probably a similar story or something like this that happened to people, like a black person and a white person, okay? He thought it was okay to use the N-word in front of me, okay? Oh. And I was like, yeah, I'm not... I'm not cool with that word being used i'm like why are you even using this it's like oh it's just a word like you give it power and i'm like no like my people died from this word like it's not it's not cool and he's just like then he tried to explain like how he was right to me and i'm just like no man i mean like you're not (laughs) that's not right like i don't call i wouldn't call okay the words i'm about to say are very offensive okay i don't mean these words I don't use these words, but I'm going to say them for the sake of this conversation. If I have an Asian friend, I don't call him a chink. All right. If yeah. I have a Jewish friend, I don't call him a kike. Not even joking around. All right. Nope. I use no. La- if I have a, a Native American friend, all the, it, when I say when I have friends like this, I have friends like this that are of these ethnic groups. If I have mm-hmm. uh, a Native American friend, I don't a Native American friend. I don't call them. Uh, red skin because it's fucking yeah. offensive because I have respect for them and that's why we're friends you know what I mean and for somebody to say to use the n-word and then I'm like hey you know I'm not cool with that in a very you know sort of placating manner like hey you know I'm giving you an out like I'm just I'm not comfortable with you saying that to me and then for you to try to explain to me why it's okay to say to me when I'm yeah. telling you that it's offensive to me and then you get mad about it like what the f- like? <laughs> what the fuck? Have you guys experienced this before? Like, I'm just gonna ask you, all you guys, have you experienced this before? Like, anybody else that anybody that's Caucasian or European American? Uh, I will, I, I I have been in some similar. Sorry, go ahead, Bo. No, no, I was just saying. Uh, from from my inner circle of friends, I haven't experienced something like that where. They try to use the N-word and try to, well, actually, you know what? Rewind the tape. Yes, this actually. <laughs> this is what I had to do, too. Yeah, I had to keep rewinding my tape and remembering yeah, like, all this racist <laughs> shit. Like, as I was saying that, like, I, I saw the person's face and he yeah, said yeah. the N-word. I'm like, wait, hold up. Yeah, I do know why I could use the N-word in front of me. And I'm like, dude, like, why are you using that word? Like, and, like, I got chills just thinking about it, too. It's like, wow, like. I seriously blocked that out, but that's a fucking trip. Oh my god, dude, that's fucking trip. That's trippy. This happened to me. So literally, a couple of like when we first flipped the script on this podcast like weeks ago, and we started like going deep on like racism and shit. I actually did a solo podcast after that, and I was mm-hmm. pretty much in tears like the whole time, talking about shit about how like remembering all this racist shit that happened to me in my lifetime mm. that I just covered up and just let it go. And I'm not going to release it because it's like, it's kind of, it's way too personal. But it's just like, what just happened to you, Blue? Happened to me. And I was just like, dude, all this racist shit happened to me. And I just let it go. So, yep. the rest of you guys? 
Yeah, uh, go ahead, Sid. You go first. Uh, um, I, I can't think of anything recently with the actual N-word. I do know, I remember very specifically when I went to, when I transferred or moved to a different high school in New Jersey or whatever, they felt comfortable saying that around me. Yes. Uh, and stuff like that. And then you get, you, then it, it sort of, it progresses to that point or whatever, where it's like, is it cool to make like watermelon jokes or Kool-Aid jokes and chicken jokes? And then it, if, if I don't have like a visceral reaction to it, then it sort of progresses like, okay, you're, you're cool with it. So you're, you're the only black guy around, which I literally was. Uh, so yeah. it, they sort of felt comfortable with it. And it's, Fucking ridiculous. Um, I haven't had anything recently with that. Um, my most of my battles with just like just stupid fucking racism and people not trying to even understand or or hear what the yes. offended party might be saying is yep. uh, I would always have it with the the Confederate flag and then the uh, act black, talk black uh, yep. category of stuff. Yeah, I those. I can't even count how many times I've I've had that that whole thing. I almost have like a script flowchart that I, I have in my head when I need to just make them feel stupid. I'm like, okay, they're gonna say that, and then I can go down this path but, and say but they wouldn't. But they wouldn't. I, feel I can do stupid. it with like my eyes closed. I'm just like, you're an idiot, and here's why you're an idiot. Yeah, but they wouldn't even feel. Hold on, Prodigy. Sorry, I'll get into like everything everybody's saying. I'll get into that in a minute. Prodigy, does it happen to you? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the most striking incident uh, was probably freshman year of high school, uh, right over here in, in Haystack, um, being told uh, to go back to Africa and a whole bunch of other stuff on uh, the basketball team um, by a, uh, a in one in particular, um, but a couple of, of uh, white players on the team. Now, obviously, when you're playing sports together, um, everybody, there's some camaraderie and all of that, and you're, you're loose, uh, loosely friends and whatnot. But um, this was uh, derogatory and racist, and uh, it was directed to me. There was obviously a, a handful of other black players on the team, um, but uh, this kept escalating. I was like, hey, I'm not going for any of this. And uh, we, uh, we came blows quite a bit, and he, he learned real quickly not to fuck with me, um, ever. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the weirdest thing, though, was he's a, a neighbor that lived m maybe less than a quarter of a mile away. Holy shit. You know? Yeah. So uh, I, I, I knew him all growing up, you know, and uh, he, he felt plenty comfortable to talk reckless uh, initially with me. And uh, he, learned, he learned quite a few lessons. But, yeah, I'll never forget that, those incidents. So I'll guarantee you everybody that we just talked about. If you ask them, are they racist? They would say no. Of course. They would all say no. And this book breaks down exactly the thought process that they, that they all go through, exactly all the scenarios that we just talked about and more, and how people think that they're not racist by saying these things and doing these things. And it's to preserve this, this white culture and white supremacy here in America. Because they think that they're not racist because... Um, they're, they're used to things being a certain way in America and they're used to being on top. They're used to being, you know, dominant over everybody. And if, what happens is, listen, if, if you're, if you're, you know, European American listening to this shit and you've ever said anything like this to somebody and it sounds very familiar to you, you, you're fucking racist. You're a fucking racist. 
And I have no problem saying that to you right now. The fact that you didn't realize it, if you just shut the podcast off right now, then you're still going to be a fucking racist when you shut it off. And you're never going to fucking change. Um, I think that the... We, obviously, we understand what's being said in the book, but, but how do we... Uh, this is sort of like a layered part. How do we get, for lack of a better word, I guess, white people to, re- to read this book? Because it obviously has a lot of stuff where it's like, all right, they're the ones that need to realize yeah. what they are doing and stuff like that. And now I'll, I'll sort of, my question on that is, uh, what is, I guess, for your example, K-Mac, what is she, has she sort of read it yet? Or have you told, what have your conversations with her been about this book? So this is the problem. I'm trying to get her to read it. All right. Um, okay. And I, I understand that it's a difficult book to read, especially <laughs> if you're European American. It was difficult for me to read, to, to read. As a black guy, sure. you know, as an African-American guy, like, I'm just like, I was super hesitant to read it because I'm like, just the, just the name of the book alone, I'm just like, ah, I don't know. But you know what? I'm getting out of my comfort zone now. And I think everybody at this point in time when it comes to racial issues, because I think it, the actual name of the book isn't just white fragility. It's white fragility and, like, the uh, the reason why it's uncomfortable for white people to talk about race. I think that's, like, the actual Let me tell you that. Yeah, actually. that's oh. That's the actual name? It- Yes, white yeah. fragility, why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. Yeah. And it's by Robin D'Angelo. D'Angelo, yeah. And mm-hmm. the way that she breaks it down, I just think that people are just, they're going to be so ridiculous about them thinking they can possibly, possibly be racist. Even if you 100% believe that you're not racist, read the fucking book. If you are a person of go. color, read the fucking book. All right, because if you're a person of color, you're going to understand the thought process of these people that talk to you like this and that treat you like this. And I don't think that people like most Americans, the vast majority, like I didn't realize this, is like they're, they're using like all these weird code phrases that you might not understand and all these weird like, like if you look at Karen's, they, she explains Karen's in this book mm. without saying Karen's. Alright? Because mm. she wrote the book before Karen's even the the, the <laughs> phrase was coined. But it's basically because Karen's exist because white culture tells every single white person in America that things are a certain way and you always have the priority over anybody else. Especially if you're a, a European American female. And there's actually a chapter called White Female Tears, which is a fucking excellent chapter. Where White mm-hmm. Female Tears in America gives priority over fucking everything. Everything in America, if you look at it. If you look at all these Karen videos and they call the fucking... They call the, the cops, what do they do? They fake cry. And what happens? Cops yep. come fast as fuck. Alright, and it, she yep. breaks down exactly why it happens, exactly why it's fucking wrong. But it's just... It's amazing to me that people don't even realize that they're part of this racist-ass culture... And they perpetuate all this racist-ass shit, but I was one of them. You know, it's like, you know, I, I can't really claim innocence on this one. Um, that they're, they're, they're perpetuating this whole racist thing, and then they have the nerve to say they're not racist. You know, like, they'll, they'll say certain shit. Like, you see it today. Like, the, the guy with uh, the Bubba guy from, uh, from NASCAR. What was the guy's name? Uh, Bubba? Yeah, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace, yeah. Uh, there was a guy who owns a, a track, a white guy, and he was selling Bubba ropes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he said, "Oh, I didn't, think, I didn't know it was racist." Yeah, and his whole like, 
his whole demeanor afterwards, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the fuck you knew. You're just mad because <laughs> people are calling you out on it. But yeah. you thought you were on top. You know what I mean? That That's the reason why, because for you, that was status quo. And that's, that's literally the status quo for America, because any, you know, European-American here in America can walk around all of America and never be assumed that they're not supposed to be in any, any certain spot. And that is one of the main problems that most people don't seem to realize, especially European-Americans here in America, is that you can go anywhere you want, pretty much carte blanche, as long as you're dressed semi-appropriately and nobody's going to question you. But meanwhile, if, if you're brown skin, they're going to question you. And they have all these weird code phrases. Sorry, Prodigy, go ahead. You're trying to talk. No, I, I, I was just... You, no, you're on a roll. Don't get me wrong. But I was just going to really quickly mention, because you brought up Bubba, when NASCAR put out that fucking picture... Of the, oh, it's of a fucking the news. news. Yeah. Holy shit. Because the, the, the news cycle the day prior was like, oh, we got it wrong, and you know, NASCAR looks silly. They got egg on their face, and and this this is a ju juicy smolay kind of thing. Motherfucker, when NASCAR put put out, and I'm so proud of them. Again, I've never been a NASCAR fan. I love sports quite a bit. You know that. Yeah. I've never been in, into NASCAR, but holy shit, they said out of the 2,416 <laughs> different garages, uh, there was only 11 that had any type of rope mechanism, and only one out of the 2,000 blah 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 had this listed and motherfucker that was a noose noose so i, I just i, I want to point out the fact that people can still deny that that's exactly what it looked like you know well the was, thing was the thing was inspired well with him yeah. i mean obviously it was, i'm not denying it was obviously a fucking noose but the problem yeah. that things the 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 problem that some people were attaching to is that the the noose had been there months prior to him, like, moving in the garage. But, yeah. it was still a noose. And why the fuck would you need a noose <laughs> in a goddamn car garage? Near the near well, the I fucking know, door. And didn't they say it was for the rope? It's like the rope that they use for, like, opening the garage door or something like that? Yeah, you don't need a noose for that. You just need a fucking rope. Yeah. You don't need a noose for that, but I'm what just saying... You gotta hang your hand door. fucking pulling up the goddamn garage door? <laughs> yeah. It's a silly shit. Anyway, um... Yeah. Yeah, back back to the the white fragility thing. It's like really understanding the the psychology of these people and like how they how European Americans get so defensive and like crying mad when um, they get confronted, even gently confronted, even from other people that are European American about this, yeah. is like really astounding. Cause they, cause they want to just keep that fucking chokehold, that they're on top. You know what I mean? And they don't even, they don't even realize it. They're, they're too ignorant to realize that they don't even understand what the fuck they're doing. Because once they get just a little uncomfortable, that they start breaking down like goddamn children. And we see it all the time. And that's how, that's why you see Karens. When you see people, when Karens see somebody in a park enjoying things. Well, a white person should be enjoying this. Why is somebody brown enjoying this? You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or a Karen calling out somebody when somebody's walking in a park with their dog or fucking, you know, bird watching. Yeah. Brown people don't do that. Like only that. only people that are Caucasian do this. Like, that's their thing. And they, and they want to punish those that are doing it because it's not them doing it. And she goes into way more depth than what I'm talking about. 
and it's coming from somebody that is European American. All right, so there's literally no excuse. And there's anybody that reads this book. First of all, if you, if you're like a hardcore racist, you're not gonna finish this book at all. You probably won't even get through <laughs> the fucking first chapter. And if it makes you that uncomfortable, it's it's a sign that you're probably more than likely definitely a fucking racist. Because because these things are gonna it's hit. On my list. Yeah, they're gonna hit home hard for you. Because when I was listening to it, I was like, I'm remembering like interactions with my friends, my good friends, and I'm mm-hmm. just like. Damn, this ain't yeah, right now, the book is on Amazon, and for the hard copy, it is, it's only $10. It's, it's cheaper for the hard copy than it is for the Kindle version, but you also can get the audio book, too, so. Yeah, I got an audio, and I'll, I'll be, one quick uh, note on the audio book, the, the woman that's reading it is very robotic. So, okay. if you don't like yeah, robotic, what's up? I'm looking at the reviews and people are saying like, yeah, whoever's reading it is very, is very like monotone. Yeah, she's crazy monotone. She sounds like a fucking robot. But the information that she's dropping is very important. So if you don't like robotic voices, um, just read the book. Read the book. If you're on audiobooks, <laughs> honestly, I didn't care because the information that was being given to me was far more important than the than the performance of the uh, audiobook uh, narrator. But also at the same time, maybe that's what she was going for, is to try and try and sound as neutral as possible while reading the book. Because honestly, it's probably very difficult to read what she's saying and not be emotionally attached to the words. Especially because I'm, so. I'm, I'm fairly certain the person that read the book is, is European American. So, yeah. What's interesting, the, the author have other books, too. One's called, um, Is Everyone Really Equal? An Introduction to Key Concepts in Social Justice Education. Um, and then her other book is called, What Does It Mean to Be White? Developing White Racial uh, Literacy. Yeah. Um, yeah, revised edition. Well, this is what, one of the reasons why I really like the book is, like, way later in the book, it's, like, near the end, is that the, the actual writer, the author gives examples even after she's been through diversity training she trains people to be more diverse in corporations and she still gives stories after she's been diversely trained and has like actual um people of color friends uh, that are she's actually really good friends with where she fucked up yeah she's like yeah going forward i messed she gives stories where she messed up and she's like listen if you mess up and you do something that offends somebody of color you need to listen to them and not dismiss yeah. them until like, hey, listen, I'm going to listen to what you're saying and I'm going to actually not be offended by what you're saying. Because this, this is what happens to like most people of color is that when you tell somebody that, hey, what you just said, it sounds racist to me and you're kind of offending me. And what does the, the European American do? Get defensive. They get more defensive and more angry than you were. Is that an appropriate yeah. fucking stance to do anything? It's childish as fuck. And so her, she breaks down like, hey, anytime I say anything uncomfortable to you or you think it's offensive, talk to me and I will, we'll have a immediate back and forth and, you know, I, I will correct my actions going forward. And she's very honest about it. And I think that was like crazy refreshing for me to hear. I, I heard, I heard an interview with her. It was on PBS, I think with Amanpour. 
um, where she actually get, talked about those examples. One of them was with uh, a couple black women where she made some comments uh, in, in jest about their hair. Yes. And they were just kind of like, well, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And they talked it out in a real way. Like, you don't know anything about my hair. You, you know, you don't get to say that in front of people, you know? Yeah. We're cool, but don't do that. And yeah. so that, that just, it, it, I love the examples that she gave. And uh, your review and uh, seeing her in an interview convinced me. I'm, I'm a, I have it on my list. I'll get it done. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. The new Jim Crow and then White Fragility. That should be in the top two reading list for anybody who's listening to this podcast. Like, listen, I'm usually like a sci-fi fucking lit RPG guy. I listen to a lot of books, you know. But I, 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 I need to educate myself now more. And you know, the next things on my on my list are uh, I think it's a guy named John Brown. I think that's the guy's name. Mm-hmm. Let me just research real quick. But apparently, he's like a crazy American badass. He was a white dude that stood up for s- slave rights way before anybody else did. And there's been. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. An abolitionist? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. read some about his books. Yeah, that's him. That's John Brown. Uh, w. Mm-hmm. Uh, e. B. Du Bois and a few other um, uh, prominent Afro American. Um, people have wrote about him. He's got a bunch of books written about yeah. him. And he actually got fucking killed by white people for trying to change America to be less racist, yeah. to stop slavery. Um, and there's a couple yeah, others too, yeah. but I'll, I'll, I'll do the research first and then report back to see like if it's legit. It's, it sounds legit. So Like, I definitely want to read that, because I remember you posted up that story about uh, Uncle Tom. Yes. That's and like, one. going back and reading and like hearing all that stuff, like I did a little research and stuff, and like that the person who that based off of, I want to read his story and see like what his story was all about. And because Uncle Tom, if you if you're black, Uncle Tom is somebody who's 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 uh, he's a black slave that lives inside the house and he's just snitching on all the the Negro slaves that are out in the fields, telling the master like that such and such is doing bad, blah blah blah. And that's that's what Uncle Tom was considered. But you know, a true Uncle Tom, the true Uncle Tom was actually. The guy was a fucking hero, basically. Like, he, he wouldn't snitch out on his people. Like, when he was out faking cotton, like, he, if somebody was low on cotton, he would fill up their bags so, like, they wouldn't get beat or anything. And it's just, the whole story behind it is, like, the shit, the last thing they told us doesn't match the actual truth that's out there. They stole, they stole our history, yeah. again. You know? And it, it's hilarious. So, the, the person's name is Jos- Josiah Henson. If you want to look up mm-hmm. who that is, that that's the story of Uncle Tom. That's who it's based off of is Josiah Henson. But it, it's hilarious to me in, in, you know, 2020 when all these fucking racist-ass confederalists here in America want to talk about, you you know, you're stealing our history. Motherfucker, you stole our history fucking 400 <laughs> years ago. You never gave it back, you fucking crazy-ass bitches. Yep. Shut the fuck up. Like, what, what, where's our history of fucking enslaving you or having our fucking yeah. heroes? Like, you stole all that shit and you fed us bullshit in fucking school and you're mad about us taking down statues... For people that enslaved people and fucking brutally murdered, raped, and killed them. And that's your fucking quote-unquote heritage? And you want to fucking complain about that? Fuck you. And fuck your heritage. I love it. I love this. <laughs> um, and shout out to Mississippi. Like, it looks like they finally got the, yeah. uh, the rebel flag taken out of their state flag. Um, that's impressive. I never thought I'd see the day. Uh, I'm, I'm extremely happy about that. Uh, kudos to them finally in 2020. 
yeah. you know, for finally doing it. But also, like, so they, they turned down all these statues, but please, people that are doing all this shit, please research who you're tearing down. Mm-hmm. There's been a few times where people yeah. are tearing down the wrong fucking statues. So, <laughs> research who the fuck you're tearing down. All right, because they're not, I mean, just because they were, you know, happened to be fucking European-American living a long time ago doesn't mean that they didn't uh, advance, you know, uh, civil liberties in America. So, don't be fucking dumb and get into some mob and do some stupid-ass shit and start tearing down, you know, the wrong statues. There's some statues that I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's been a couple that people that fought for civil rights before there were fucking civil (laughs) rights. And they're tearing them down. Yeah, keep those statues up. Yeah, keep those, keep up. those <laughs> up. Do you think they're going to uh, come after... Because you lived in Georgia, obviously, for a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you know the, the full history behind it, but uh, I was listening to your boy, uh, Bumani Jones, talk about it. Do you think they're going to come after uh, Stone Mountain? Yes. Uh, for those who don't know, Stone Mountain is infamous right outside of Atlanta, Georgia proper. Uh, as a really a, a, a giant Confederate monument, um, <laughs> where when I was in school in the late 90s, early 2000s, they still had uh, allegedly uh, late night Klan rallies over there. Uh, so Stone Mountain is infamous. I think that they are going to have to have a reckoning with that, uh, <laughs> with, with Stone Mountain one way or another. Um, and, and for those who aren't aware, like, it's not like, it's like a Mount California, Rushmore, right? Yeah, but, well, then Rushmore has its own fucked up racist history, but yeah. it's Sioux Indians. Yeah, but I'm just saying that for the Stone Mountain is sort of a Mount Rushmore with Confederal generals on it, correct? Yep, that's exactly yeah. right. Whoa. But what I was going to say for, for Georgia, which is kind of interesting, along with Louisiana, along with Mississippi, along with Alabama and South Carolina, these are states with substantial black populations like it's not like four percent six percent like like california or something like that these are states in the 20 30 percent sometimes up to 35 40 even uh percent black and you still have terrible monuments and as chronos mentioned a couple weeks ago what really helps that state those things stay up is a lot of voter suppression which there's a long history of so a lot of times when it's kentucky right now like hey should we take this Huh? Look, like Kentucky right now, they, they closed down 95% of yeah. their fucking polling areas. Yeah. So when, when you look at like a, a state that has like a third or uh, 40% black or something like that, and you still see a lot of Confederate monuments and you're like, well, how, how could that be? Don't the people want these removed? A lot of people do want them removed, but when you take away the right to vote and do it uh, in a, a democratic type of way, then people going to remove them by basically any means necessary, you know? So, one way or another, it's coming down. Yeah, I don't... There's no excuses for this shit anymore. Like, I'm... I, it's... Be, previously, I would have been maybe a little bit more apprehensive on the the, the speed that they're coming down, because obviously there's some casualties, okay? So I don't want to discount casualties, because there's, there's going to be some person that's listening to this that made it this far somehow, with the same man- mindset of, oh, what about these people that, you know, got killed or, you know, these certain monuments that got taken down by, which I just talked about. But it's like, listen, all right, we've been fucked over. Not even just us, okay? It's not about just fucking black people, all right? I'm concerned about more than just black people, all right? Native Americans are still getting fucked today. You know, oh, yeah. Mexican Americans are still getting fucked today. 
you know, uh, Asian Americans still getting fucked today. They're still getting fucking spit on and fucking beat up for goddamn COVID-19, all that shit. We're all minorities. We're on this, we're all on this shit together. All right. We've had collectively enough. All right. And the fact that, you know, a certain portion of us, you know, African-Americans are, are coming up and be like, hey, this is enough. And people are getting on board finally. But I fully expect that the rest of these people that are fucking marginalized as well, they're going to come for their shit too. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're fucking chickens. The chickens should come, home, should come home to roost along with our fucking issues. Like, to me, it's not just our issues. It's all this shit needs to fucking... All this... Because it, it all comes down... If you're wondering why this is all happening, it's white supremacist bullshit. That's why it's happening. Yep. Because we've been dealing with and dismissing white supremacy here in America for the longest time. We have a fucking president that is out there that's dog whistling in ways that I, I'm totally recognizing now with that fucking law and order bullshit and fucking... You uh, loot, we shoot, all these fucking other old ass terms. Go ahead. They ain't even dog whistling anymore. Well, no, but but, uh, but to European Americans, it's not they don't hear it, so it is dog whistling because they don't understand the history. But 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 I guess I think what what Stitch is alluding to, but and it's actually on our docket. To me, on Sunday, literally, he <laughs> tweeted out at one of his supporters yeah. yelling "white power." Like that, that is overt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I saw it. Correct direct and in your face as you could possibly get. That's literally him saying, fuck everybody, black, brown, yellow, whatever. White power is what <laughs> what we're about. And it was eight seconds in. Like, you, how the fuck you missed that? He said it twice. Yeah. And it stayed up for hours. It became a big deal. I don't give him any credit. Bro, he took it down. Nah, motherfucker. No. How are you the president of the United States? He didn't apologize. You are no. Yeah, I mean, bare minimum is an apology, right? That's bare minimum. Yeah. There's no also, apology. Like, also, what what he said about um, all life matters, calling them racist. Black lives matter. Call, call them racist. You talk about black lives matter. He said that they were. It was hate speech. Yeah, he was saying it was hate speech, but then also what he said about like with all the monuments coming down, saying that the the statues and stuff are 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 art, the artwork, the beautiful. They need to stay up, and it's American history, <laughs> and like. If black people don't are happy with it, we can just go back to the old ways or something like that. It's like, did you really fucking say that? Like, bruh. Because it's a thing. It's like, his whole, like, phrase, make America great again. Like, to what point, motherfucker? What point? Like, when was America great for brown people? Before this point? When was it greater? Yeah. Where are we going back to? You going back to the 60s? You go back to the 50s, the 40s, it keeps getting fucking worse for us, motherfucker. Like, seriously. Yeah. That's why this whole phrase, that, that phrase is, is deeply offensive to a lot of people. It's not offensive. This this goes back to, like, the white culture thing. Because they can ignore it. Like, if somebody's Caucasian or European-American, whatever the fuck you want to call them, that listens to Make America Great Again, it's like, what are you talking about? Because to you, it might have been great 50 years ago, but for me, guess what? I had no fucking rights. If I yeah. lived 50 years ago, I had far less rights than you did. I, I'm getting fucking... I, I got a drink from a goddamn a different fountain from you. I have to fucking get bitten by dogs or sprayed by fucking other bullshit, go to different schools. But you don't even fucking see that. You're just like, yeah, make your record great again. Sounds fucking great. Fuck you. I'm, all, I'm also going to say this because, yeah, well, it's no longer June, but uh, now we're in July. But the other thing, too, is even for white Americans who 
happened to be lesbian or gay, yeah, you know, you couldn't you couldn't have any state sponsored job. You couldn't work uh, in Hollywood. You couldn't be a writer. Like you were blackballed to even being white and quote unquote passing as straight. If you were suspected of being a communist, suspected of being again lesbian or gay, you would be discriminated too. So there's a whole bunch of people that you in couldn't the 40s, even get married 60s, back in the day. Huh? I said you couldn't even get married. They just literally got were able to get married in all fifty states within our lifetime. Like that, that shit was very recent. Yeah, and they're still fighting it. They're still fighting it to this day. That's the crazy part. They, had, they just fought literally like last week about it again. And I'm like, how is this possible? You want to take rights away from people to this day? Like, why do you care what they're doing in their bedroom? I don't care what you're doing in your bedroom. I really don't. You can, I'm, as long as it's consensual, I don't care what the fuck you're doing in your bedroom. Yeah. Actually, I did a quick Google search to, I like, I, I want to go and ask, when was America great? And CNN has an article, them asking Trump, when, when was America great? And it talks about a little bit after World War II. <laughs> but then it also points out, like, late 40s and 50s. Holy shit. what he said. So that, that, hold on. This is an important time, because people of color fought in World War II, and we came home, you know what we got? Fucking nothing. We didn't get the same rights as everybody, we didn't get the same benefits as everybody else did. Now, I know this, because I'm a goddamn Marine. Alright, so we, yeah. we didn't get the GI Bill, we didn't get any of that fucking shit when we came home. We got fucking shit on, and where do we go back to? The fucking ghettos because of fucking redlining. This is the shit I'm talking about, this hidden history where... That, this is why it's dog whistling, because people that are European-American here in America, they don't fucking know that because they hid it from them. And it and it, it, it helps that whole cause, because you you can be complacent, but part of the problem, because you don't understand, because you, you, don't, you don't know what you don't know, and I, I get that. And it's also, like, part of the problem where, I forget what book I read, it might have been, it was actually White Fragility, where she was mm -hmm. like, um, if you ask a black person help for help in, in these times and like how to be less racist why are you putting it on them yeah and don't get me wrong there's friends i there's a whole bunch of people that have talked to me privately that's like hey you know what can i do to help and, and i've given them help you come to me for help all right i will i will i will help you as the best that i can however do not expect the same reaction from everybody from color because a lot a lot of us are fucking tired all right, and we don't mm -hmm. want to have to explain racism in fucking 2020. So don't be mad about yeah. that shit, because you, you can Google. All right, we can all Google. <laughs> well, I had to fucking Google. All right? Yeah. <laughs> I had to Google well, this shit. The, 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 the amazing thing, though, about this time is that the best sellers right now are book on anti-racism. Yes. And so I'm, I'm happy to see that. We've obviously we talked about some of them in detail now. Some of them are older books that came out a few years ago, um, but they're back on the bestseller list, which is awesome to see. So a lot of people are paying attention um, and a lot of people are doing more of their reading now. But there's such a mountain of information that it, it's going to take some time. But I salute everybody who's reading more and, and educating themselves and, and talking about this kind of stuff, you know, Without the times that we're living in, I could see us being too distracted 
to do this learning. You have to do but, now though, because you're you're probably out of work. <laughs> so yeah, go you're do probably some out of work. Yeah. You're probably been at home. You don't want to talk to your family as much as you do, and you know you're up late at night worrying about the the entire world. You might as well do some fucking reading. So I I, I love it. Well, you know what's crazy? Hey, so uh, like, go ahead. I was gonna say I think this whole coronavirus is a great opportunity for people to self reflect and self approve on, because you should be staying inside and not going outside and stuff like that. I think maybe this stuff it might be a positive thing. And what I took, it's looking at the life side of things basically. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 a great time to, for America to change for the better. But it's hard because we have a president out there right now that. He not only has his blinders on, he just doesn't give a shit about people in general, and not only just not only just black people and brown people, you know. Nope. He doesn't give a shit yeah. about you dying from the coronavirus. Like look at look at what what he does every day. All right, he gets tested damn near daily for the coronavirus, so he knows he knows testing mm-hmm. works, and he, everybody around him gets tested daily, so he knows testing yep. works. But what does he what does he want to go out on the stage and say? Slow down the testing. Less testing. Slow down the yep. testing, because he doesn't give a shit about you. He just wants him and his family to be to be healthy, and for him to continue to gather wealth and power and to pass down his wealth and power to his children. He doesn't give a fuck about you, no matter what color your skin is. No, no, yeah, no matter who you are, he doesn't give a fuck about you. Yeah, obviously, you know, we've talked about the uh, your background quite a bit, Kronos. Look. This Russian bounty stuff is a good look. This is literally verified from multiple sources um, with well-written articles. Again, inside sources, people naming names. It's They're stating very loudly and clearly, and it's being corroborated, that Trump was briefed multiple times. It looks like David all the way back to 2019 that Vladimir Putin, Putin, Russia, has financially supported the bounty, putting bounties on U.S. American troops. And there has been silence, um, a lack of response. Uh, our allies know about this, so in, in NATO and all of that. And there and there's, seems to be a lack of giving any type of shit whatsoever, including for U.S. personnel in Afghanistan fighting, and some of them dying and getting killed. What say y'all about this fucking shit? This y'all, fucking bullshit. Y'all go first. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I'm getting to the point where I'm like numb to it. It's like, how many times do we have to keep saying over and over and over again that this dude, he doesn't give a fuck, he's not going to give a fuck, and you can't change people's minds. It's like you're you're punching a brick wall with your face yeah, nonstop over and over again. It's like, it's just another week of something more despicable comes out, and he just doesn't care. It's like embarrassing, and he's a complete narcissist. I've said this for like years now. He's just a complete narcissist that it, it's disgusting, and and especially for like people that are like so deep in his his base and stuff that recycle the same repetitive sentences about oh respect the troops, blah 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 blah. 
uh, country this, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And literally, there's a bounty program that was financed. He knew about it. And y'all don't, where's your, your, your visceral reaction to it? You're all still pissed off that a quarterback's going to take a knee on a football field on a Sunday, but don't give any fucks that this guy's putting your loved ones in harm's way uh, and has got a money system going on that he's been completely aware about and doesn't give, doesn't care about it. It's like, would, I, was, I saw something, not funny, but would, if Bin Laden was, was around, like, would he have been cool with Bin Laden if it, if it hadn't served him right? Like, in terms of, like, putting money in his pockets and stuff? It's like, how... What, when no, because Bin Laden was brown. Do something that is... Bin Laden was brown, yeah, so no. But <laughs> even Kim, Kim, Kim Jong-il? Uh, I can never pronounce the, the last part of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his, his he was cool with him for brown. a little, for some stuff. <laughs> and he's a, he's yep. a dictator. It's just mind-blowing to me. And it's just like, I, I, just, I just try to see these people's reactions that so blindly defend him. And they either try to say it's fake, or they just pull at any string that they can to try to make it seem like it, it was just made up or it doesn't exist or or anything. And it's just like willful ign- ignorance or just a complete negligence of your duty to be like, oh, I wasn't briefed on it. I didn't I didn't read read the briefings. That's your fucking job. Like, what, <laughs> what are you supposed to be doing? <laughs> like, it, it blows my mind. Like, I, I don't even know. Uh, Blue, do you got something on it? Well. Um, I don't have nothing on it, but I'm, I'm just trying to, trying to find out why um, all like matters is trending on Twitter. But oh, it's, one thing it's K-pop, up, man. I, I told uh, you, it's K-pop. Well, no, no. I'm saying that the, I think the reason why it's come back up is because, uh, well, one thing that showed up was that Walmart was selling an all like matter t-shirt. <laughs> crazy. Well, fuck Walmart in general. I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> even, be, even before that shit, fuck Walmart. I hate I I've, I've only shopped at Walmart like maybe twice in my entire life, and they are very um, undesirable experiences, and I will never go back. I mean, li- unless literally every fucking store closed and I needed an essential item, I'm not going to fucking Walmart. Because F- literally the, yep. the drugs of society shop there, and the people that own that place are fucking bad people. <laughs> there you they also, go. They also were selling other shirts like Blue Life Matter shirts and stuff too. Yeah, it's fuck all that shit. Yeah, but um, regarding right, the. Uh, uh, regarding the hit, like, yeah, I mean, the government knew, and they didn't fucking like try to watch their watch their soldiers out there on the field. It's kind of like, oh, I mean, fuck them, basically. And like, I think ha- haven't some of, some people been killed because of it, right? Yeah, yeah, they definitely paid out. They paid out bounties, and they have the actual account numbers and showing how it leads back to Russia. So, yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> the, it no matter what kind of spin that. And all like that the White House tries to put on this, it's it's nonsense. Um, my thoughts on it. Uh, listen, Trump has been a... Uh, how do I put this? Actually, no, fuck that. I'm not even gonna... I've been drinking. I don't give a fuck. He's been a piece of shit with the military for a long time. And it's very disgraceful that my some of my, my brothers and sisters in arms still defend this dude concerning the military... Let me just rewind the tape to, I think it was like, was it 2015 when Trump was running his campaign? What he said about John McCain, who was in the Navy for the Vietnam War. Yeah. All right. So John McCain is a fucking war hero. Anybody that says anything different, you're a clown. All right. You're a clown. And what 
uh, President or the then candidate Trump said about uh, John McCain was that he was a war hero because he was captured. I like people who weren't captured. And he said he called him a loser for failing to win the White House in twenty in two thousand and eight. And he said he let us down. He lost and he let us down. I never liked him after that. So he called him. He said he liked people that weren't captured. Listen, listen. Not only was John McCain captured, he was tortured by the Viet Cong in such a manner to where he couldn't raise his arms up beyond his shoulder height after that, okay? This is a man who sacrificed for his country. And honestly, I'm I was I'm not a Republican. You know, I don't agree with all of John McCain's policies even back then. Um, I actually might have voted for him back then. But he fucked up with uh, Sarah, whatever the fuck her name was. Palin. Sarah Palin, yeah. Because I think back then I was leaning Republican side. But anyway, neither here nor there. But the guy, he fought in a war and he got captured and got really fucked up that it, that affected his entire... He, he suffered for the rest of his life for his country. Meanwhile, Mr. Bone Spurs never joined the military, <laughs> never did anything for his country besides make some profit. And he wants to sit there and talk about a man who was a war hero, who fought for his country, and was tortured, and suffered the rest of his life. And he was he so flippantly disregarded that, and people in the military still want to support this dude? Like, that's okay with you? Like, seriously? And other, he's also done other disparaging things for people in the military as well. Like, that's not his only discrepancy with the military. Like, he, he wants to claim things about the, uh, the, what's the... The ability to choose different doctors, if you're in the if you if you have a if you're in the, the VA, VA system, yeah. But that that's actually what President Obama did, and it's actually not a very popular program because most people can't use it. And I know many veterans that can't use it because they're disqualified from using it, or because the VA pulls them into the system and they make it so that they can't, so that you can't get out of the system to use a separate doctor. So first of all, it's gotcha. it, it wasn't what he actually put forward. So he's stealing a program that President Obama put forward and passed. And also, the, secondly, it's a program that is not very successful. All right? And I haven't seen the rate of suicides from my brothers and sisters go down since he's been president. As far as I know to this day, it's still twenty two around 22 people a day that are dying because of wars that are still going on. Has he stopped those wars? No, he fucking hasn't. You know what I mean? So if you want to talk about actually caring about the, the people in the military... Why don't you fucking show it besides your, your bullshit platitudes? But you don't care. Just come out and say you don't care. Because I know you don't care. You, you put in the middle, less than the minimal effort for, for, for us. And, and it's disgusting that I still have people that are out there. They're like, yeah, he's fucking great. Love this guy. But we're still dying. On both ends. To, to me, I mean, I, I, I can go back to... You know Reagan or Bush the one, or you know even prior to that, and in, in, in the Nam era, all, all of that, those other time periods. Russian, <laughs> if this had happened with pretty much any other president, Russia confirming that they've paid out bounties for U.S. U.S. Uh, soldiers being killed. Look, this should basically start another like justifiable war 
bare minimum some hardcore sanctions. Oh yeah. And he's 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 recommended very recently for them to rejoin the G seven. He's giving them like it's for money. gift baskets basically. Yeah. When when you're giving out bounties for U.S. soldiers being like, this is this is uh, inexcusable and one of the most disgusting things I've ever fucking seen in my life. Yeah. Meanwhile. No excuses. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. What was that guy's name? I forget the dude's name. There we go. Uh, General uh, Soleimani. Meanwhile, General Soleimani, who was an Iranian, who killed people, who, you know, he definitely killed people, or at least was responsible for killing uh, Americans by providing uh, materials and knowledge to Iraqis and uh, people in Afghanistan by giving them means to kill American troops. He killed him in a really weird time. And this is... Yeah. We, and we know this. Meanwhile, we have definite proof that Russia is providing actual money, bounties, to kill American troops and he does nothing. Nothing. He talks about how he's strong by killing this, this guy in Iran, but then he says, oh, I didn't get the brief for this for the Russian thing, which is more than likely... Cool likely the truth he, from he, what i can tell so far he, yeah he's, he's done some backpedaling he's weak he it, it was in the daily briefings the latest excuse is oh i don't read them shits yeah it, you should definitely <laughs> like, read them shits like like there's i think it's called the the was a the pdb the, yeah there's there's entire departments that spend weeks analyzing verifying data corroborating talking with intelligence experts over like there's a lot that goes into that i've never been i've never worked for you know the the white house or intelligence agencies or whatever but i respect the fact that there is work that goes into it and it's your fucking job like stitch alluded to well, you know what it sounds like it sounds like when you got a book before it do and you didn't want to read the book so you, you decided to read the cliff notes basically and that's basically what he's doing he's He's not, do, he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Well, you, you know what's, a, what's hilarious to me now? So I, I watched the uh, the press conferences from the White House now with uh, with Kaylee McKinney. Thanks, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, McKinney. I don't know. Uh, the blonde. McKinney. Yeah, the blonde chick. Um, and it, these briefings are fucking hilarious to me because she comes out there with a fucking very large binder to keep the lie straight. <laughs> And it's funny because K-Mac came in and I was watching one of the briefings today. And K-Mac came in and she was like, oh my god, it's like she's, it's like a, a college kid that has an <laughs> open book test. And that's the, the yep. that's the size of the book that she has. Because, but also, I'll tell you what's bad, alright? She has this open book of this very large binder full of like all this stuff. But it's also like, they've outmaneuvered reporters by knowing obviously what the fuck they're going to say you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it's very obvious and it, and it's kind of it's disappointing um but it's also she's also not answering the questions like if you asked her what the color orange looked like she would tell you what the color blue looked like <laughs> and it's very obvious to me um and when she talked about today or like the past previous days when she talks about this very specific issue about you know russians paying bounties to a to, to kill Americans, she just says that, oh, you know, it's not substantiated, you know, intel, or, you know, that's basically what she always goes back to, is that, 
it goes back to it's either not substantiated or there was a leak and we need to find the leak. I'm like, okay, so was it not substantiated or was it a leak of actual intel? Like, you, you can't say both because they can't both be true. That's how logic works. So, she's like, she's obviously lying and they, 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 they press her and she keeps going back to the same two things and it's like, you need to just tell the truth in like, and well, she also says that, oh, this, you know, the president has been, you know, so strong against, you know, Russia. He, he's closed down consulates. He's done these other things. But it's like none of those things really fucking mattered because they're still paying money to kill American troops. So why don't you answer on those questions? You know, I don't, he's a parent. Yeah. yeah. And, and ba- a bad one at that. Like, you can't even. <laughs> I, I've never seen a press secretary come out with a fucking book full of shit. And literally when somebody asks a question. She's like flipping back through and like looking through like what she should say. I'm like, how are the fuck are you a press secretary? Like, are you serious? That's because that's what he wants. The person who hired her, she's doing what the idiot that hired her wants her to do. Like the bar is so fucking low that she is doing a great job for her boss. Her boss thinks she's the best fucking person for her job ever. (laughs) And all of us can see she's a fucking lying moron she probably knows she's a lying moron and i hope that i don't think she does she out a book. no 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 no, no. I, I don't think she realizes it at all she's just bringing I, I think they're all complicit it's like when, when spicer was doing it when the, the the girl that looked like she had a stroke and had oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. saunders always offered her name but yeah know what they're do- it's like does. It's like, fuck, I got this shitty-ass job, but this shitty-ass job pays really fucking well, yeah. and it's something that I can put on my resume fucking forever, and I can, I, I'm gonna have a fucking book deal without a doubt or whatever guaranteed if I just eat this, this bullshit sandwich for a couple months, and it's, they're doing it, and it's embarrassing. It's like they're, it's like they're weighing greed versus, like, self-respect. That, that's how I, I sort of see it. Well, it, it protects. It. it protects honestly. It protects the status quo, yeah. and it protects. It's protecting white culture, like everything that they're. Mm-hmm. And when I say white culture, I'm not talking about every single white person here in America. White culture is an abstract thing. Like I said before, before I talked about all this shit, I do not like the term white and black people because they, those two things do not exist. White culture should not exist. But it is a thing that is protected by more than just white people. Okay? Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of non-white people protect white culture. Alright? In very disturbing ways against people that are minorities. And it's and they don't even realize it. Because it's just it's a white culture. So when I say white culture, please don't be offended. It is an abstract thing that doesn't apply to just pale people. Okay? There it is. I love this. I mean, this is more... This yeah, is, this I, is, this is, I would additionally say it, circ- it does circle back to greed. I mean, we see clowns oh, yeah. like Candace Owens and and those fucking moron twins that are that are out there. They're filling that role of the the black guy that yeah. agrees with with the the ridiculousness or the, the policies or or their their viewpoints, and it gives them some sort of validation for their their things because yo, this black person also agrees with what I'm saying, so therefore. I, it, it's got to be true because a black person agrees with it. Well, that's what's embarrassing about yeah. at least me, is that some of the things that Candace Owen used, Candace Owen said, um, and other people of color that said about certain issues, I was like, 
I'm kind of on board, but now I'm just like, oh, fuck no, I'm not. Now that I'm, like, educating myself on these things, it's like, you are parroting all the wrong shit. Um, I think we talked about it in the chat. Did we talk about it on the podcast about white on white versus black on black crime? Yeah, we, we talked about the statistics where it's basically the same numbers. It was, in the, it was in the chat, though, right? Not in the podcast? Say it again? It wasn't. Was it that in the chat or the podcast? Shit, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll bring it up. I don't, I don't think I brought. I don't think I brought down the podcast. All right. So, bring it anytime when when you hear, it's very popular. People to say, especially conservatives. Anytime any kind of violence comes up, like especially mass shootings, they'll talk about black on black crime. Okay. Black on black crime isn't some fucking crazy insane thing. Black on black crime is not a foreign entity. Um, it's a normal thing with that happens with violence against anybody. All right, so black on black crime and white on white crime. You notice how you don't you never hear about white on white crime? It's because it's this fucking. It's part of white culture again in the abstract. It's white culture. Alright, is because people want to believe that things that are white are normal. That's what they're basically trying to tell tell you, is that it's a normal thing that happens. But white on white crime happens too. The reason why you don't hear about it is because it's sort of a normalized thing. But white on, white on white crime actually happens at a higher rate than black on black crime. And you can Google that shit. It's like, I think it's like 5% higher rates. It's because yeah, people... so, Go ahead. Carla, sorry, just not to cut you off. So I had a discussion with a Caucasian lady last night regarding this. She she brought up like you know how come all life matter isn't protesting for like you know I, I posted this on my Facebook about this this kid that was burnt in Chicago, like how come Black Lives Matter isn't like protesting for that? And I got it, it led to the the thing about this now. She's like, well if. All life ma- if Black Lives Matters, and why don't why don't black why are they not protesting black on black crime? And I brought up the whole fact that you know, well, white on white crime is way higher than black on black crime. And I actually shared an FBI statistic yeah, it's that shows that. I just posted in the chat right now too. So this is just for homicide. So for homicide, white on white murders are higher than black on black murders, but it's very slightly. And this is from a study from 2018, so it's a little bit dated, but. Like the numbers are there, and this is from our from our government. Well, it, it it the reason why it it is the reason why that you know ethnic group versus ethnic group crime happens is because people have this really weird misconception that people will leave their neighborhoods to kill people that don't look like them. That very rarely happens, and if you look yep. at actual white on black crime. Like, white on black homicides, that's higher. So, yep. why don't you see that shit? Because they make the whole white culture thing normalized here in America. And th- you can look up the numbers. I mean, th- that's how it breaks down. Because uh, they-, they want you to believe that, you know, that we're the boogeyman. That we're dangerous people. That we're all violent. But it- that's not the case. Uh, and, it's- and it's fucking bullshit. I- I'm-, I'm tired of-, of-, of hearing it. The main thing is, is that that people don't seem to realize is that most of America is still segregated. We still yes. are. And that that's Correct. the main issue. And so when you have a segregated community, when you want when you get mad at somebody, it's probably somebody that you fucking know. 
when you want to kill somebody, it's probably somebody that you fucking know. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's probably somebody that, that looks like you because most of these places that have high crime rates are poor people that look like you. Yeah. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. And there's can the, I, the data can suggests I, that. Can I add just one quick thing? Um, one of the books that opened up my eyes to the whole redlining and, and some mythology with you know yeah, communities sure, yeah. was, the, was that Color of Law by Richard Rothstein, I think was his name. Right. But anyway, the thing about it was there was always this myth that I had heard my entire life, and you guys have probably heard it too, that there was this exodus of white flight from inner cities and that's what created uh, uh, large communities that were only black and brown put and the suburbs being white, right? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, they, they put us there. So that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah com complete, complete bullshit all, all the way around. It was government policies. It was uh, government zoning. It was literally stuff with the banks, stuff with the lenders. All the way up until like the late seventies, early eighties, I mean, and even on. after that, in real quick, cases. white flight is real. But when the era that he's talking about, it was not real yet. Well, well, here, here's what I'm saying though: it did not transform neighborhoods as this number one uh, uh, factor in it. Yeah. It was mostly about you could not sell your home yeah. or you could we're not allowed to live in like read the book read the book but it's the 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 aspect of white flight being uh the what caused it is nowhere near and, and richard rothstein breaks this down completely well it was more about government and local policies allowing people to live places than anything close to white flight he, he, he breaks it down that it's a myth. Yeah, I mean, well, so I'll, I'll push back just a little bit. Back then, like the era that you're talking about, redlining and all that stuff, obviously that that was the major contributing factor. But there is major data today of where once a certain, once the population of uh, brown people reaches a certain reaches a certain percentage, there is white flight. And there is data to support that, but that's today. It wasn't 50 fucking years ago. 50 years ago, we were forced to live in a certain area. But today, once you, like, the White Fragility book went, went through it, when she talked about how she would talk to her, like, she gave an example of, like, what, how uh, a couple that she knew, a married couple, they moved to New Orleans and they bought a house for $25,000. And they had to buy guns because they were worried about where they were living. And so they had a conversation of like all these code words where they, they basically, she broke down to where they understood they were, they lived into, they went into a black neighborhood. And yeah. so once she, once she called it out and she was like, you know, like, why did you, you know, say blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, well, well, I wouldn't want you to move. I wouldn't want you to move there because it'd be too far away. And yeah. she changed, she put the script, you know. Yeah, I think it, it well, depends on well, city what, by city. Yeah, De definitely read the book because it even goes into some stuff with today. Well, mostly what is the name of the book? Yeah, so I, I gotta write it. Yeah, mostly about econ economics being the biggest factor. Like, yeah. yes, you're going to have people of the same income in general living in the same neighborhood, but you should have an ethnically diverse but still income 
income kind of specific yeah, yeah. Prodigy, living in me. that neighborhood. What's the name of the book again? Uh, it's The Color of Law. In fact, I still have I it. I'll before. bring it. I'll drop it no, off. No, no, I, I got it. It's already... I'm about to download it right now. It's by Richard go. Rothstein, right? Yep, Rothstein. All right, grab it right now. Um, um, you know, But you know what? I, I'll say this. Uh, should we should we wrap this one up for tonight? We can go on and on, but yeah. I feel like we I feel like we 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 dropped we dropped some serious awesomeness. We've got to research so much stuff. Pistol Betty and and Machine Gun Grandpa or whatever the the old and the old couple that had the guns and the Jesus Christ at the rally. Yeah, we can go right next week. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. we can, we can save it because I love the memes about them. Uh, yeah. What you got popping this week? Oh, we're already... Oh, so uh, good one. All right. I guess we're ending it. <laughs> uh, you thought start. we could go forever. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't realize it was already like two hours and 20 minutes in. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just chilling, relaxing, staying inside and everything. Um, I talked with you about doing another uh, sort of interview. Um and yeah. kind of continue on our whole uh, Black History Lessons. Uh, oh, that really awesome conversation with uh, with Mama French. You guys have a question? About, uh, huh? There's a question from for Mama French. Oh. Uh, give me one second. Oh. Just bullshit for a minute, oh, and I, I will tell you the actual <laughs> question. Uh, so it's actually from uh, a. It's actually from a. I, I got it now. Uh, Mama French, uh, do you sit on the Alabama A and M side at the Magic City Classic? And that is from a oh, relative wow. by me and uh, me and Prodigy. Okay. So we'll I'll I'll, I'll put in the chat. So yeah. Thank you. Um, I forget where was that. Oh, so yeah. So we we had our one interview with Mama French. Um, so this one I I kind of have a well, I mean, well three people lined up and I kind of want to have a discussion on HBCU and mm. sort of uh, educate people on on that whole. Uh, college life and everything obviously prodigy went there your mom went to an hbcu and uh so did my sister as well so i kind of wanted to uh sort of get uh people's uh, do a couple little interviews and, and get my questions together and try to uh put something together and then educate the people on on uh, the hbcu experience a lot of people uh that just don't know about hbcus whether whether they've lived in areas that don't have them or or just not familiar with them at all, just assume it's just a, a black-only college or something like that, and uh, just don't don't know anything about what it is that, that goes on there. So I just wanted to put out a little interview just going behind your reasoning by going there and some of the experiences that you, you guys had, both as uh, your mom's generation, uh, your being our age, my sister being a female, and uh, just sort of compare and contrast and, and educate people in general. Cool. Blue, what you got? Um, I'm, I'm definitely continuing my guitar lessons, like, it's kind of cool seeing, like, how I'm progressing, like, there's actually songs I know how to play, and it's kind of, kind of cool to be able to, like, strum stuff and be like, oh shit, this is, like, actual songs that I'm playing. <laughs> but, um, I'm definitely doing that, um, still got some yard work I need to do to the house. We have, like, a, a tree on our side of our house is dead, so I need to, like, take it down before it starts getting, like, fucking termites and shit, like. You need a chainsaw? Huh? You need a chainsaw? No, it's pretty thin. I can use like just a regular like jigsaw, whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's real thin, so it's it's been dead for a while, so it's it's pretty fucking brittle. But uh, I'm working on that. Um, definitely 
like I'm doing a career change, so I'm trying to get into network engineering. Engineering, so I've been watching some tutorials and Corona sent me over some books. I haven't had a chance to check them out, but I'm pretty much starting from ground zero just to make sure like I've covered all my bases. So I'm definitely doing that as well as like job hunting. But um, yeah, other than that, just you know, just chilling, trying to stay safe. Yes. Like you know, with my dad passing away, or my dad's funeral was a couple like two weeks ago, and like. The whole idea of like being down in LA, which was a hot spot with the coronavirus, like I've been kind of monitoring my, my temperature and making sure like every time I cough, I'm like, fuck, this is it. I, did, I fucking got the coronavirus. But so far, like I've been pretty healthy and good. So, dude, it's fucking nerve wracking. Like, no joke. Like, the fact that I was staying inside of a hotel and like there's all these fucking people around while I'm wearing masks and shit like that, it's like, shit's fucking stressful. Definitely been on the back of my fucking mind. Absolutely. We're glad to have you back. Kronos, what you got? Uh, real quick, I didn't understand the point today of having HBCUs until recently. Because other than some fucking weird fantasy world where I didn't get it. But now I fucking get it. I understand the point of having them, why they need to go forward. Because uh, America's still fucked up. And we need a safe place to learn. So, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> And also blue. Good. Um, I have a. I'm gonna try to learn the the bass because I have a bass guitar. And I'm I'm gonna yeah, try to so learn that. Maybe we can. There's um. There's an app I've been using called uh, Use Musician. Yeah, I was actually yeah. really good. I heard about that, and then I'll, well, I took I took a lesson from a a couple of lessons from a guy, uh, with uh, with my my oldest daughter. But I also yeah. was thinking about just grabbing Rocksmith and yeah. just try to use that. <laughs> so. you, you just keep playing The Last of Us. Yeah, I could. You could play real songs in that shit. I was like, holy shit. Um, Dude, when I, when I saw the video that she posted of her playing the guitar, I'm like, wow, like she's actually playing like actual notes. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I knew like, when when I was playing like the actual part. Even when we first started playing, I was like, oh, they're really playing the guitar. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's really cool. And I didn't know that somebody would actually take the time to like really play songs on that, but they did because. The world and the coronavirus. People have more time on their hands. Anyway, um, my youngest daughter, she started back up school today. So that was a huge deal. Very stressful, but hopefully everything will work out. I'll take her back tomorrow and Friday. Because um, she needs to be socialized again and like learning again. She needs like every opportunity that she can to like be ahead of people. You know, I'm realizing that now. It's like... I need to keep her ahead. So, because yep. I, I don't want her to be behind and, well, you already know what I'm going to say, but she needs to stay ahead. She's already smart. Just need to keep her ahead. Absolutely. Uh, that's what, go ahead. That, that, that's what father, that's what good fathers do. There yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, other than that, the, the infinity base actually will be done soon. I can say that with Very certainty nice. now. Because uh, the doors, because we had to redo the doors so they could be more secure. Because when I eventually moved the office into there, in the in the podcast studio into there, um, it's going to be full of a lot of expensive shit. So I need to make sure that the door. So that that was one thing that actually held us back for me back anyway for a while. It's because I was like, how am I going to actually? Because they're, they're like barn doors. I'm like, we yeah. need to like make these more secure than fucking barn doors. And so me and my uh, my father-in-law, like, we started, we had to, like, tear apart the doors and, like, use two-by-fours and, like, all this other shit 
to like secure the door and I, I bought security equipment for the infinity base yesterday it'll be here uh probably sometime next week i bought a bunch of lasers other, la yes laser <laughs> I, I bought sharks with laser rings attached to their heads um and a pool for the pocket studio but yeah um all this miscellaneous shit that's going to go in there um to make sure that everything's secure and nice looking and so hopefully in the next couple of weeks like literally it should be weeks I should be moving into the infinity base and eventually when we're all together again uh we'll yes. have a much larger space that's not in a fucking garage that has my refrigerator and fucking washing machine in the background and it'll be great can't wait yeah can't wait we're good to do reacts again we got so many goddamn reacts oh yeah yeah um i got uh i got i'm gonna try to finish off you know me. I'm always on my weep shit. I'm still finishing off some goddamn One Piece. I'm in, I'm in the 300s, so I'm doing my thing. Uh, with my, why don't you just, don't you just fucking watch Sailor Moon? I mean, just saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I might. I, I think actually my daughter would like that. We might have to watch yeah, that together. Ooh, you do? Yeah, it's called the, um, the Girlfriend Tempest or something like that. Ooh, okay. Yeah, there's... Um, just a quick, quick clip note. There's a, a son who sleeps with this chick, and she turns out to be his teacher's daughter. And the dad starts dating the teacher, and she moves in with the family. But then the Fair son enough. might be start smashing on the teacher. So everybody's fucking. All right, that's fucking yeah. weird. I love it. So, I'm, uh, I'm down. On, it's on Crunchyroll, but Crunchyroll has the uncensored version. Or Crunchyroll has the hey. censored version. But there's the uncensored version. It's like, damn. I, damn. I can't. I, I'm. I may even watch Interspecies Reviewers one more time because I just love that series. <laughs> um, and then la last but not least, I'm going to try to get finish up Persona 5 and uh, that's pretty much it. Oh, and shout out. I, I'm, I, I'm making my son read these nature articles and write me book reports. So I'm con continuing the tradition that Mama Prodigy, Mama French started Hilarious. with me doing a whole lot of reading until I fucking couldn't stand it and then doing the reports and then uh, correcting the grammar of uh, a fourth grader so i'm doing that yeah if, if you want to know why both me and well th i guess three of us jesus me stitch and prodigy speak the way that we speak it's probably because of i'm a french so have you ever heard the uh the the backhanded racist comment of oh you speak so well for a negro oh basically. yeah a bunch of times yeah yeah and uh, even not hold on but not even just from <laughs> that that side, but it's also from the other side. Uh, yeah. Why do you speak oh, white? Yeah. And I'm just like, even what like the you, fuck? Like, if you go back and watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like, that's like a clear example. Like, when, when Will Smith first meets Carlton, mm -hmm. he's like, what, what's wrong with you? Like, he's questioning the way he acts. And he's like, what, Will, how am I acting? Like, I'm just acting like me. And that's like one clear example of how, like, you know, how, you know, we... That's why people we kind of bring each other down because we don't talk ghetto basically. Our slang, our it's crab mentality. Yeah, yeah, I almost got in trouble one time at work at uh, when I was doing dispatch because uh, I went to like a different like train. I went to a training um, meeting class or whatever, and uh, one of the nine one one dispatchers from a different agency who I talked to all the time over the phone or on the radio. They finally saw what I looked like from hearing my voice, and I like, oh, geez, and they yeah. made that comment, and I was like, I was so close to just going off on them, but I was like, 
this is not the time nor the place. Yeah. I want company dollar. <laughs> I was like, and it was so funny because like a couple of my uh, my white coworkers that I work with, they could see like my eyeball twitch, and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> they did y'all fucked up. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's kill that's, bill theme going on. It is. If y'all are wondering, that's racism on both ends. The yeah. the fucking. Yeah. Cuck, you know, European American and African American side. It's, it's straight up yeah. fucking racist. Yeah. What the fuck am I supposed to black, sound like? Yeah, it was a black lady that said it to me, and I was like, "You yeah. must be fucking kidding me." Yeah, <laughs> perpetuating fucking nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Crap. Oh, anime I was talking about is called Domestic Girlfriend. I'm writing it down. It's on Crunchyroll. Yeah, but the the adult version is worth watching too. Is it on Pornhub? You know, you know, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. gonna find the adult yeah. version. You it's on Pornhub. You know I'm all about that week. It's on there. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uncensored porn. There you go. You you know I love the weed porn. Come on now. All right. Take us on out. Who's taking us out? Yo, well, this is Black, and Black Talks Infinity. Infinity. We're the biggest podcast out there. Uh, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find us. Uh, go support us. Like us. Give us reviews on, on uh, Apple. Uh, rate us, show us some love, and uh, give, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Give us some feedback, and we'll interact with you. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and uh, put in your questions. Yes. Yeah, like and subscribe especially, because it helps the goddamn YouTube algorithm to get us out there more. If y'all didn't know this, if y'all don't like and subscribe, YouTube's like, oh, y'all just scrubs. They don't fucking promote us. But if you do like and subscribe... They put us out there and more people can listen to us and we'll do more of these. And if we make more money on YouTube, we can put up better content. Just saying. Yeah, there you go. Rest in power, Captain Kirk. <laughs>